Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me today in Amarillo. We had a crazy rain yesterday, some uh, pretty strong hail at my house. I think we got like an inch of rain uh, very rapidly. And um, now it's like super foggy. So this is super unique for Amarillo. I, I can count on probably one hand how many times we've had fog in the past year, but it's super dense and it's really nice and uh, super enjoyable. So today's guest is Blake Rogers. He is the guitarist for Smooth Taste. He's a music producer and he is currently getting some shout outs for his solo debut album called Find Friends. Let me pull up this article just real quick. So this uh, was written up on electrowow.net. I'm going to link uh, in the description of the show. I'll link to this um, article. It's pretty cool. Uh, you got a little shout out on this episode. Um, let's see. It is important to... Uh, no, let's see here. Okay, let's just read the first uh, first line. Blake Rogers offers rich guitar-based melodies saturated with swirling sound effects on his amazing debut album, Find Friends. That's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good write-up right there, I think. So he's definitely making some waves. I've seen uh, a lot of people post that they're listening to his stuff. I've <clears throat> personally been listening, and I've enjoyed it. So um, I'm looking forward to what he does solo in the future as well as what he does with smooth taste because i think that uh i guess you could say both projects have uh, a lot of promise um so let's see here so smooth taste is part of a group of bands based out of amarillo who bought a bus and they're going to go tour the west coast this summer which is super cool um they're so smooth taste as well as a lot of other bands are or like part of this like new wave of music of uh original music in Amarillo. There's a ton of great cover bands in Amarillo and there's a ton of like great bands that have been established for a long time, but it seems like probably I've probably been paying attention for about a year, year and a half, and it seems like uh like there's new bands popping up all the time. Uh, Vamping is a cool project. I've had uh, two of those fellows on, uh, Broderick and John Rubin. Can't remember the name of the episodes, but uh, both of them were super cool guests. A lot of fun. They're both in Vamping. Um, Smooth Taste and Vamping are very different, but they're in the same town. And then you've got uh, like Pedigo, Hayden Pedigo, and then Ugly Chulo. I wrote down the four. those four because it's examples of like how different uh, new bands in Amarillo are from each other. It's super cool. It's a unique scene. Um, we talk in this episode a little bit. I get there's a lot of rappers uh, coming up in Amarillo right now that are uh, doing some cool stuff. So uh, Amarillo, I feel good about the scene, the music scene in Amarillo. I feel like it's uh, growing and propagating you know it's making some cool stuff so um and hopefully i mean i i want to make it out to more shows but baby on the ground baby on the way does not uh lend itself a whole lot to going out late to bars at night but uh, a lot of cool stuff happening and a lot of uh 
a lot of potential in Amarillo currently. So hopefully we can keep some of these bands in Amarillo. Um, recently I, so that's, uh, the intro for my, for my guests. Uh, this is a great episode. Hopefully you enjoy it. Um, so I was recently on, uh, Clemente's Corner. This was a few episodes back. I had Matt, v, uh, Viejas, V, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I, I just went blank. Kind of, it's a little early in the morning. I'm only on my second cup of coffee. Give the guy a break. But I went on Clemente's Corner. That's the name of the podcast. I believe I'm episode number 80 on there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I think we almost did three hours. Uh, I felt bad for him because it was his second podcast of the day. And <clears throat> I mean, I've tried doing two podcasts in a day, and it's just difficult. It's a lot of conver- It's a. It's difficult to keep that many. And I don't know how long his first one was. He. He started a second podcast, so not only does he have Clemente's Corner, but he also has Heard That podcast. So uh, he had Andy Justice on that. I've heard a couple of sound bites. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the whole episode yet, but I, I think that's probably a pretty good one. So check out both those podcasts and uh, let me know what you think. That was my first time being a guest on a podcast, which was a lot of fun. It was kind of cool. So check that out um let's see here i got some announcements i do have some hats in stock currently if you are interested in buying one of those they're twenty dollars um you can buy them through my website if you're local to amarello hit me up and i'll deliver it for you that way we don't have to dick with shipping and um and you don't have to pay shipping and stuff so twenty dollars for hats i've got some t-shirts coming uh i've been saying that now for like maybe like a month and a half or something like that but uh, eventually we will get it done and i will get some cool t-shirts working on a cool design and i I think it's going to be i think it's going to be a cool shirt once it finally gets there eric let me take a break here i've got uh some people jumped in hello everybody who's watching it's funny uh instagram uh this is probably the most people i've ever had watching at one moment so just just take a moment and experience this with me. It's uh, it's awesome. So, all right, I got a few announcements. I want to give a sh- a couple of shout outs to some events. There's a lot of people who always complain that there's nothing going on in Amarillo, and uh, I don't think that's true. So, I'm gonna give you some examples of how there's a lot of stuff going on in Amarillo. So, May second is the first Friday Art Walk. That's actually tomorrow. Today is May first. Um, that's a lot of fun. I won't be there because we're going to our first. Sod Poodles game. Um, my dad's company bought uh, one of the boxes, so my parents invited us to come there. And then actually Sunday we're going to uh, sit in the normal seats with uh, some other friends. So I'm going to be sod poodled up by the end of the weekend, and I'll let you know what I think about it. I'm excited. Uh, enough. I've seen a bunch of different people go, and it looks like a blast. So, but anyway, enough about me. We're talking about Amarillo. So May second, first Friday art walk. May 4th is Hayden's Result Party out at Mariposa. I'll be working. I won't get to go to that. Most of these events, I'm shouting them out, but I don't know if I'm going to get to go to them. But uh, that should be a good time. Um, Hayden, even if he doesn't win, I think that his run for city council was important because it got uh, it focused a lot of light on local elections and the participation of the younger crowd. It You know, we... We, especially my generation, seems like we like to talk a lot of shit about politics, 
without actually participating in politics, without uh, being uh, proactive and voting. And um, so this is a great way. I think Hayden's run was super important because it, it got a younger voice in the mix. It showed that younger people can run and hopefully uh, hopefully it opened some doors, broke down some barriers. So I think it definitely did. So Hayden, Pe- Hayden Pedigo's result party is May 4th. May 10th is Yellow City Comic Con. May 18th, shout out to, to Shake Hands Amarello. Uh, this one's going to be called Tales of Pong Funkadelic. Tales of the Pong Funkadelic. Uh, Jeff does a great job with the music at these events. Oh, who did he, who did he say that was the sponsor this week? The beer sponsor's great. Damn, I'm not going to be able to remember it. Um, but they're going to have some good beer there. And um, it's all good. So, so Shake Hands Amarillo is May 18th. May 25th is Bad Magic Music Festival. I will be setting up a booth there with... Critical Mass Bomb City. I'm wearing the shirt. I don't know. Can y'all see the pop-ins and stuff? I don't know if if you can see my shirt or not. But anyway, um, I'm setting up with Luis of uh, Critical Mass Bomb City uh, there at May 25th at the Bad Magic Music Festival. So be sure to come check it out. It's a free event. um, And a lot of good bands are going to be playing there. So May 25th. And then May 26th. I'm having the third group run. Uh, we're going to be starting from Pondaceta on May 26th, probably at 4 o'clock. So if you're interested, if you're wanting to start learning how to run. Um, oh, yeah. So May 10th through 12th is the Amarillo Artist Art Fest at Sunset Center. Shout out. Um, yeah, Pondaceta. Okay. So yeah, and that that's gonna be a cool event. I believe Jason Boyette's doing a live podcast there at the Amarillo Art Fest, which is awesome for him, but also for podcasting in Amarillo. Um, so check all of that stuff out. Oh, okay, and then of course, the last thing is May thirty fourth is the Critical Mass Bomb City Ride. Every last Friday of every month, this last one I didn't get to make it out there because I'm a lame ass. But they had a great crowd. I saw some of the videos uh, that Luis posted, and it looked like a lot of people was, which the weather, it makes sense because the weather's getting nicer, and uh, it makes sense that there's more people going to show up to those things. It, and it's a great time. I mean, you just ride from, I think this next one is starting at Pondaceta Socks. Shout out to, uh, to Pondaceta Brewery. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure we... When we did our group run there last time, we noticed a whole lot of bike lanes over in that neighborhood that aren't actually on. I don't think they're on the map that the current city of Amarillo map for bike lanes. But so we're going to cruise that neighborhood, probably cruise several neighborhoods, definitely drink some beers, have some laughs. It'll be a great time. So that's it for my announcements as far as like things going on in Amarillo. I really just wanted to make sure I got all that stuff out. I don't expect you, hopefully you had a pen and and paper and you were like jotting down the things you're interested in, but all these things are on Facebook, uh, events. Uh, it's not hard to find them. Uh, hopefully maybe I'll post some of these things. I need to post some of these things on my website under the events tab. If I get a chance, 
No, I will I will make that happen. I'll I'll get some of those down on the events. So check out my events tab on uh, my website or just get on Facebook and Google events. Or not Google, pfft, Facebook events, whatever. Those are all most of those are on there. So uh, also give a quick shout out to my Patreon page. Um, I'm not active on the Patreon page. I don't post content there like I should. I need to start uh, giving some like some uh, some props. I don't know extra stuff to the Patreon supporters, but I do super appreciate all the people supporting me on Patreon um, and their support. The money goes to help me develop some merch for the podcast, as well as it helped me pay for some of the uh, Bad Magic my booth at bad magic. So, um, really I'm using all that money directly. I mean, all that money gets spent plus a little bit on the podcast. Um, and you know, I'm hoping to eventually grow this thing into something a little bit bigger, a little bit more with a little bit more weight, a little bit more, uh, impact for the community. Uh, and also to like, like Blake Rogers, for instance, I think more people need to be aware that he is doing shit in Amarillo. That's cool. Um, so that's, I'm wanting to elevate my platform. If you want to help me elevate my platform, then Patreon's a great way of doing it. Or you can just buy a hat. That's a cool way of doing it as well. So that is it for now. Um, that was kind of a quick rundown. And it's still 13 minutes. I don't know if you call that quick. But I'm going to uh, play in to the episode a song by Blake Rogers. He, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to promote him on this podcast or on this episode. Um, but I also wanted him to get to pick a song that he wanted to pick for the uh, for the play out song for the last song of the. Let's see here. I'm trying to remember which, uh, I, I picked Aquarius is the name of the song, but I'm trying to find, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Um, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to play you in with Blake Rogers from his new album called Find Friends. This song is called Aquarius, and I am going to eventually find it. There it is. Okay, this is called Aquarius. Uh, so this is off of his new album. Check out his new album. What's up, Manny? Check out, um, check him out. Look, uh, follow the links in the description, show notes, and you will, you will get to all of his stuff. So uh, enjoy this episode, and thank y'all for listening. As always, if uh, if y'all weren't listening, then the podcast would not really be worth doing right you know i mean i'd just be i guess maybe be archiving information but uh in the future if nobody listens to this podcast no one's going to care about dexter and all these episodes are going to be lost to the abyss which is podcasting so uh anyway so thank you people and uh hit me up on social media hit me up on instagram Uh, i've been getting some more followers on instagram which is cool and uh I've been getting some great traffic to my website. Oh, oh yeah, I'd like to shout out my uh, short stories on my website. Uh, if people can give those a quick read and, uh, you know, shoot me a thought. You know, if you like it, if you don't like it, whatever. Just give me some uh, some feedback and that'd be cool. Uh, anyway, thank you, people. This is Blake Rogers. Enjoy.
crazy fit, man. It gets uh Yeah. Which I mean that's I guess that's the same way I feel, so I can't yeah. okay. Just a toned down version. Yeah, you know, it's check. Just kinda give me some chit chat. Chickity check, check, check. One, two, yeah. three. Ah, I think that's plenty good. Cool. I think that's plenty good. All right, man. So uh we'll go ahead and start. All right, <clears throat> jump in. All right. All right. This is the uh Welcome to the Pan Am Primate Podcast. I'm here with Blake Rogers of just solo Blake Rogers. Yeah. Taste the smooth or smooth taste. Yeah. Taste the smooth on Instagram. Yes, sir. Um, any other like affiliations? Yeah, actually, uh, I'm sure like some people are hearing about the Jay Hare and the Mockingbirds project. Have you heard about that yet? Mm. You know Jordan Hare? I have. Okay. So when you say Mockingbirds, okay, yes, I yeah. do. I've I've tuned in. One of your buddies, right? Yeah. Rapper? Yep. Okay. Yep. I have heard of this. Okay. Tuned in a little bit. I didn't know that that's what the name of the project was. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's kind of, it's formulated around, uh, like, so my, me, Sutton from uh, Smooth Taste, the singer, mm -hmm. and the old bass player, Nathan, we all lived in a house together mm. on Mockingbird Lane. So, like, Jordan used to come over all the time, like, to such an extent that he would just walk in our house, you mm -hmm. know, like, whenever. Yeah. And, like, it kind of started, like, he just came in, and I was, like, experimenting with uh, producing a beat, and he just started rapping over it, and I was like, we should, like, record this. Did and you know then, he could rap? So, the first time I ever met him, we actually, like, he freestyled for me. I don't know how it came to be, like, you know, like, you ever meet somebody, and, like, I do this a lot with musicians, like, I'll meet someone, and it's just, like, I feel like... You look at someone and you can kind of tell that they're a musician mm -hmm. or something creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked him, I was like, I was like, what do you do? You play any music or anything? And he's like, well, I freestyle a little bit. And I was like, let me hear it. And then what, like, you know, kudos to him. He straight up just freestyled like right in front of me. And I was actually impressed. So I was like, like with a beat or did he I beatbox for him. Okay, yeah. nice. All right. <laughs> and all he right. just like went off and I was like, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, so. And that, how refreshing is that whenever somebody can actually deliver, mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, I've been around so many people, well, I can't even say so many people, but there will be a person who will say, uh, yeah, I play, or I yeah. do something, and then you hear them, and you're kind of like, you're like eh. you do it. I mean, yeah. not, not that it's terrible or anything, yeah. but it's not like, a, there's not like a pop of yeah, flavor, like, you know? Yeah, like a, or yeah. like an excitement of saying, like, okay, yeah. now we're going to do something, you yeah. know? So that's cool, man. So, okay, so this is... Uh, that's the most recent project. It's called Mockingbird. Jay Hare and the Mockingbirds. Jay so Hare and the Jordan Mockingbirds. Hare, you know. Uh, he's kind of like the uh, spearhead of the project. Mm. So we just, the Mockingbirds are like referred to all the people that spent a lot of time at the house because we all like started dabbling and like making like a different style of music than what Smooth Taste was doing at the time, mm. you know. And now like Nathan doesn't play with Smooth Taste anymore, but he produces a lot of really good tracks and like. Sometimes whenever he thinks one just kind of fits the vibe, he'll like throw it our way. Oh, so nice. he's technically a mockingbird, and uh, we got our new bass player. He's actually gonna be on the album that they're about to release, and then like I produced like probably three or four songs on it. So I guess I'm technically a mockingbird as well. Okay, so when you say produced, like what what uh I mean for the lay person, like what does this mean? So basically, I like made the beat like for a couple of the songs okay. or like three or four of the songs and then on the rest of them I just kind of uh, helped mix and master them because like over the past few years I've been like really researching and kind of doing some self-taught mixing and mastering and like so like one of my the, the thing that I'm most proud about my most recent album 
is the fact that I mix and mastered the whole thing mm. rather than paying for someone to do it. Yeah. And personally, I think it sounds pretty all right. Oh, yeah, dude. It sounds so. really great. I've been listening to it. Uh, I've been jogging to work yeah. in the mornings. And so, um, and I actually, I'm kind of, I used to, every time I ran, I had headphones in. Yeah. And although it helps you kind of tune out some of the world, and yeah. it kind of gives you a cool headspace, I wanted to start having my ears open whenever I'm running, you know, kind of yeah. to get more in tune with Amarello, just like yeah. the noises and shit. So anyway, I have a Bluetooth speaker and oh, so yeah. I had it and so I was like jogging to work and playing it and it was still dark, you know, yeah. so it was a cool feel, you know, especially since awesome. it's uh, what I like about that album and music in that vein is there's so much space. Yeah. You know, sure. like Hayden Pedigo, if you listen yeah, to Hayden. Yeah, I love Hayden's music. Um, so it just gives you space. Yeah. So you start, before you realize it, like I felt like I, it was allowing me to fill in gaps yeah. with lyrics or with thoughts yeah, or whatever, sure. you know? So it was, I definitely really appreciated that. And I think sometimes people want the music to be so instantly digestible. Yeah. That for sure. they want the lyrics yeah. to tell them what the song's about. Tell me what I'm supposed yeah. to be feeling. Tell me what I'm supposed to be thinking, you know? Yeah. So I thought that was super interesting and cool and kind of, uh, in a sense, I don't know, you might be able to speak to this. It seems a little brave, like when you put out music that doesn't isn't centrally focused. Now, granted, you have some lyrics in, in there. I, yeah. I guess it's your sister? Yeah, my Singing sister. on yeah. Um, Aquarius. Well, Aquarius one yeah. of the tracks and um I actually so I've been following you on Instagram for yeah. I don't know. I don't it's weird and I wish Instagram had a I was actually thinking about this last night. I was like, I wish Instagram had a feature where you could see what date you started yeah. following somebody and what the post that and I mean I'm sure it was through Smooth Taste. <clears throat> yeah. I'm sure that that's where I saw you in it and then so I started following you through that. But it's like, what was the post that I first yeah. saw that was like, okay, I'm going to follow this kid and see what he's doing. You yeah. know, like it was. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good thought. That was honestly. one of the things I was thinking. I was like, so I don't know how long I've been following you, but I do remember you made a post and it was maybe in your story or I don't know if it might have been a post, but it was like you filming your sister while she was singing. Yeah. And I was like, Dude, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, yeah, I remember I was in Dallas actually whenever you followed me. Cause like I'm pretty new to Instagram. Oh, okay. Like, so like I, uh, for like the last three years, haven't had like any social networks at all mm. just cause I wanted to take a step back and like really dive deep into honestly playing guitar was my main focus like, yeah. at that time. But like with all of this, like just like these times that like, I'm not just scrolling through Instagram for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just started dabbling with my friend's laptop, you know? But, uh, so eventually I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm ready to start releasing stuff, you know, because like it got kind of ridiculous. Like I have like 236 minutes worth of music on my laptop that wow. I made over this time. Yeah. And it's not all hip hop. Like the early stuff was all just like ambient guitar type stuff. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, I, I didn't know how to record really at the time. And like the only thing I knew how to play really well was like the guitar at the moment. So I was like, well, I'll dabble in that first. But uh, I got Instagram back. uh in November because I was like now's the time I'm gonna start like promoting my music you know mm-hmm. by making small posts and yeah, stuff yeah yeah and I remember you followed me like pretty it was pretty soon it was I think it was in like December because I was in Dallas again because my family lives there oh okay and like 
that's whenever I was recording with my little mm. sister. So, like, and I remember because you, like, followed my stuff and, like, I checked it out and I was like, it's so cool that this guy followed me. Because, yeah. Because, like, at the time I only had, like, probably 100, like, followers. I know, man. That's, it's actually, yeah. that's one thing that I really appreciate with Instagram is, like, each, well, and I mean, not being a, the main reason I got into Instagram and all this was for the podcast. Yeah. And, Whatever it is I'm doing, you know, yeah. the website and stuff. It was like, okay, you know, it was one of those things where I realized you got to give some, you got to give people something to support. Exactly. You got to give people a portal to know that you're doing something yeah. new or know that you're putting out something. Exactly. You know, give them the opportunity. So, I, and I think you're probably from the same mindset or vein that I was in where it was like, man, fuck social media. Yeah. You know, like I'm not yeah. trying to do this for. Anyone but yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not. I I, I don't want to do this. Uh, I'm not trying to create like a social profile. Exactly. To impress people. Exactly. That's not what it that's is. That's what that's what strayed me away the first time was like seeing all these people that like were portraying themselves one way, but living a different way. You know, and I was like, I just don't want to end up like that. Like I personally just was afraid. I was like, Am I doing that? Like, am I? It's a temptation. Myself, you know? It's a temptation when you have this, uh, when you're doing these things to present. A form of yourself that is a manufactured, ingenuine, exactly. almost like a lie. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to lie to people. I don't want exactly. to lie to the world. So um, that's actually one of the. You know, you were how old are you? Uh, twenty one. Twenty one. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thirty. Right on. Uh, and Facebook was coming out when I was graduating high yeah. school. You know, Instagram didn't come along until hell. I don't even know what age I was. It when was I, maybe yeah. twenty four or something, but. You know, my wife is 25, and she Instagram hit when she was in high school and stuff, yeah. you know? So for me, it was always like something that the kids were doing, you know? Yeah. It was something like I, I couldn't kind of wrap my head around it. I wasn't necessarily Dude, into yeah, it, you know? I was confused at first, too, because I remember someone was like, have you heard of this Instagram? It's like Facebook, but only pictures. And I was like, well, what's the point of that? But mm. then it just like took off so intensely well and it's way better than facebook Honestly, in a lot yeah. of ways like uh, you don't yeah. get all the bullshit exactly you know and you don't necessarily like facebook has this friend concept yeah. right so it's like if i'm friends with somebody i i'm friends with them on facebook yeah. and then you start getting all this shit that you didn't really care about yeah. from them whereas instagram it's more of like a curated like people only typically only put stuff onto their profile yeah. that they want like it's almost like more of a pr uh, production yeah, aspect sure. or something. Sure. I'm not exactly sure, but good. I love the fact that Instagram, like, like whenever I came, because like I originally had one before I quit all my social networks. You know, mm -hmm. back whenever it was like still in the early phases. So like whenever I came back and saw that you could like make your account as as like an artist or like a musician mm. or a record label, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, like, that is that's cool. Good way to promote like you like you know. Supporting yourself. It's like a context. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, I'm on here as an artist. I'm not yeah. on, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump into some questions. Cool. Just so that we don't get too in the yeah. leads right off the bat. <laughs> but um, so like just let me like, tell the audience, like give like a quick intro to like who you are, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm Blake Rogers, Blake Levi Rogers. Uh, I'm born and raised in Amarillo, Texas. Um... Let's see, I started playing music whenever I was like, I got my first guitar whenever I was like eight, but I wouldn't say that I started playing then, because whenever I got my first guitar, I wanted to like, you know, shred, 
and like I didn't know how to, mm. to shred so I was like really discouraged at first I was like I'll never be able to learn this you know and my dad is a guitarist and right now he's a drummer in a band for they're just like a cover band mm-hmm. but my dad uh, he would always like I mean he can play pretty well like nowadays he's a little he always says he's rusty but he'll still like rip up the blues but whenever I was younger he was a straight up shredder like he would just play like metal solos mm-hmm. and like do the tapping thing and I was like that is so cool like so I like eventually it was like well I'm gonna give it a try again probably around like 12 or 13 and the guitar that like he initially got me was just so bad that was another reason why I was so discouraged mm. is because like I would like learn a song and then like like I would learn a song but I'd play like the first chord of the song and my whole guitar would go out of tune because wow, it was a, yeah. a Squire Mini which I don't ever recommend that to anyone a because, Squire Mini? yeah it wasn't even a, just a Squire like even Squires are pretty bad for the most part but it was a Squire Mini so it was built smaller for like because I was 12 oh yeah little kids so it's built even worse you know uh-huh. but uh so then, you know, and, like, he bought that for me, and, like, I should have probably been playing a smaller guitar, but, like, my dad's guitar was what appealed to me. Like, he had a really, like, sick Yamaha that he, like, fixed up himself, mm. and, like, changed out the pickups, and it, like, shreds. But, uh, so I started playing his guitar, you know, and then he was like, well, you can't play my guitar because that's my guitar. So he went off and bought me, like, an actual, like, decent, like, $300 guitar, you know, and that was whenever I, like, really started going like into playing the guitar and so that was 13 yeah probably 13 13 yeah. is where i like was like mostly like like really inspired like and you say you wanted to shred so like what were your like early influences like so what was it like it's weird because i want to play this so like at first like before i had like like heard basically Jimi hendrix before i heard him like because he changed like what i wanted to play whenever i heard his music mm-hmm. i was like whoa that's really cool but, like, at first, like, my dad played, like, just metal. So, like, mm. so the first thing that I got into was, like, trying to learn, like, tapping solos. Like, the Crazy Train solo was, like, the first uh, guitar solo I ever learned. Okay. But, uh, and so, like, I, like, was really into that and, like, classic guitar at first. Because I like so to play you're, acoustic. So, you're learning, you're learning, like, the, so you started off by learning the entire song or, like, learning. Yeah, like basically. I want to play that exact solo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, so real discipline. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wanted to, like, like I, 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 like, could, like, I had learned enough, you know, of just, like, the basics from my dad's where, like, I understood, like, how the guitar worked. Like, he taught me how to play, like, my first scale. Okay. Because I was like, I was like, Dad, I know how to play, like, chords and stuff, like, but I don't What's know how to play solo. Step? Yeah. So he taught me the blues scale, which is mm. like the blues minor pentatonic that like is basically the foundation of almost every guitar solo that like most people know. But uh so then, you know, like I started learn I learned a bunch of songs and uh at this time I was mostly learning by like books of tablature that my dad had like bought. Like that's how I learned how to like voice chords, but eventually like and like he like always like would recommend tabs to me, but like I would like you know, find tabs online for songs and like I would notice that like they didn't sound right because like a lot of people will write out tabs wrong right it's kind of sketchy yeah yeah but uh so then I was like well I like I started figuring out that like I could recognize these sounds like by ear so that's how I like started training from that point on and that's like really whenever I think I started actually learning how to play the guitar is like at like age like 13 and 14 because I met this one dude who just like really played well and he was like a year or two older than me and I was like how do you learn and he was like I just listen to the tracks and I tried to play him and I was like well that's what I'll try see I got a best one of my best buddies from North Carolina and I started playing guitar playing around with it around 19 or 20 ish 
Um, but I was friends with this dude all through high school, and you know we met originally in middle school. Yeah. And he's a ear only player, yeah. so he would, you know, he would be playing stuff, and it was like even before I knew what, who Wilco was, like yeah. he was he would be sitting in, on the couch, like we're playing where everybody else is playing Halo, yeah, and he's sitting on the couch just piddling, and it's like. Every, everybody knew he was dope as hell. Like yeah. every, I think I'm pretty sure senior year he got voted like most musical or whatever. You know, what I mean he was yeah. he was known as the music guy. But yeah. whenever I started playing, and then I'd go back and visit, and we'd hang out and stuff, he would always say that he was like, "Just listen to it." Yeah, dude, that's and, the, and play yep. it. And it was like that does not it doesn't compute for me. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it just dude. didn't make sense. But he would just sit down and and what was cool is to see. You know, then I would I would look up a tabature. Yeah. And okay, I, all right, I kind of got this song down, and then I'd go and we would sit, and then he would play it, and he wasn't playing based off of the tabature. And yeah, so, it'd so be that was the next level of theory that I didn't yeah. understand. Yeah. And he would be basically playing the exact same notes just in a different spot, yeah. and it was Dude, like, exactly. well, how the fuck does that work? I don't get yeah. that shit. You know, like yeah. it's really hard until you. Uh, Put in a lot of time and a lot of thought into like assimilating yeah. that. So what what age was this at? Like sixteen? Uh, the age that I started learning by ear was really at like fourteen because fourteen or okay. thirteen, thirteen or fourteen because I was still in middle school whenever I met this guy, and that's like what I noticed about him is like I was playing something that I had learned like from a book and he was playing the same thing but he had learned it by ear so he learned it in a different way, and like he was also able to like add his own flavor to it, and so like at that point that's where I, that's what I started doing, and. Uh, then this guy just disappears for like four years and then makes a return like later. In the weirdest, Yeah, in the weirdest way. But uh, so like he disappears and like I'm hanging out with my dad. It's still at like age 14 and he just like throws on Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. And like I'd heard Jimi Hendrix before, but like at this point, like I was just like my love for the guitar was at like an all time peak because I was like just like, you know, like young and like really like what am I going to do with my life, you know, mm. like, and this is what I wanted, like, I felt like I related to music the most out of anything else, and, uh, he played Voodoo Child, and I was just like, like, the, literally the first, like, I was just like, I'm in love with, like, this style of guitar, you know, and so, uh, from that point on, I just started learning, like, some Jimi Hendrix by ear, and that, like, led me into Stevie Ray Vaughan, so then I became, like, I went from being basically, like, a metalhead to, like, only blues, mm. and, like, psychedelic rock for a long time, and then, like, uh, whenever Smooth Taste, like, was on, like, the brink of, like, formulating when I was, like, 17 years old, and, uh, I was, er, yeah, 17, like, a junior going into high school, and, uh, like, whenever I started playing with them, like, they all had, like, like, kind of, like, grown into the person that they were in a similar way that I had, and the original lineup was me, Sutton, uh, who's the singer, you know, I've known Sutton since I was, like, 14 years old, 15 oh, really? years old, nice. yeah. He was part of, like, my, one of my biggest, like, inspirations at the time, too. Because, like, whenever I met him, like, and heard him sing, I was like, man, that's, like, that's not, like, what people are singing, like, at our age. Like, he was singing, like, rock and roll music that I liked mm. and also just so happened to know on the guitar already. So we were like, hey, maybe we should jam, you know? So we started making music then, and we formed our first band, which was uh, called Cream Soda, actually. Cream Soda? Yeah. <laughs> it was inspired by... Uh, my dad's band that he had a cover band at one point when I was younger that was called Cream Soda and I always thought it was like the sickest name for some reason yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm totally gonna name a band that one day and I did and then we and then like we we found out that there was already a Cream Soda that like already had a following so we like changed it to 
to uh, something that was just super lame and like totally like 16 year old us. We named it Hillside Spectrum, which is just like, I, I don't like to think about these times in my life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, dude, it will continue. Yeah. Like you will think back to this time. This in time. Because like, I mean, that's, I, I've always wondered, you know, you hit 16, you're like, man, I was such a dumb kid at 10. Yeah. You know, you hit 20, you're like, I was an idiot at 16. Yeah. At 25, I was an idiot at, you know? Yeah, yeah. And now I'm at 30 and I'm like realizing, I'm currently an idiot. You know, yeah. it's like one of those Never things. Stops. Like that, the I think that that's like what age gives you. Is you start to real, you start to stop projecting backwards that you're yeah. an idiot and start to realize that you're currently an idiot. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. a very strange, uh, very strange switch over. It's a little depressing. I think that's yeah. why most old people are bitter and depressed because yeah. you know it like slowly sets in yeah. that you. Uh, almost aren't who you think you are yeah. at the current moment, you know, or something yeah. like that. It's kind of a crazy... For sure, man. ...weird thing. But don't ever look back on those moments. Yeah. Because that's a cool name, dude. Hillside Spectrum. I don't know. I, that's I, a cool name. I mean... <laughs> I just know how I felt about it. But uh, in the music itself, was like we had, like, one song that was, like, even decent. But we made a whole, like like, album of, like, six songs, something like that. And we, like, sold it to people at our high school. Like in CDs and stuff. At Emerald High? Randall. Oh, Randall. Yeah. Okay. So, right. it was a weird time. People <laughs> bought it though. And yeah. then like, but then like, you know, there were some people that were like, I love it. And then there were people that would like straight up just tell me like, I don't like it. And I was like, that was like the first time I ever had to take like bad criticism. Ooh. And I was like, oh, well, I better start working on some other stuff. And then that's like, after that happened, uh, son and I went to California for like a summer or like one summer we went for like a week. And uh, that like, I feel like it was pretty eye-opening, and we were also, like, really diving into, uh, like, actual, real music. Like, I wouldn't consider Hillside Spectrum, like, it wasn't, like, I mean, we were playing, like, three chords on, like, acoustic guitar type stuff, like, which is awesome for, like, folk, but, like, we weren't making folk, so, like, just didn't fit, and uh -huh. so we, like, started expanding, you know, and, like, at this time, like, I uh, had got bought myself my first electric guitar that, like, you know, I owned, and like I had like like been able to learn things by ear and like so I had learned a lot of music at this time that was all mainly psychedelic rock and like alternative rock and classic stuff and uh, funk I like always have loved funk and like tried to like incorporate some of that in my music mm -hmm. anywhere I can like but uh, so then we started writing songs that were just not like super shitty like they were like actually okay you know like I wouldn't necessarily say they were like awesome or anything but like they were getting better than what, like, definitely notably getting better, and, uh, met Nathan and Pierce, you know, you know Nathan Gimple, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. from Rock Climbing. Yep. Well, yeah. that, so that's what's so funny, man, is, like, I think the first time I met that kid, he was young. Yeah, like, probably. Like, young, maybe, I don't know, I think I've talked to him about it, but I think he was, like, 14. Yeah, probably, because you know? I was, and like... That's what's crazy, is, like, when you... Like, at the time, I was probably, like, 22. Yeah. So, I'm viewing him as, like, a kid. Yeah. You know? And then, fast forward, it's like, no, he's not a kid. He's yeah. He's a grown, you he's know? Man, it's yeah. almost one of those things where Weird. you're, like, uh, people freeze in your mind, you know, in, mm -hmm. like, a certain time or something. It's really weird. And that's part of the strange thing, like, getting a little bit older is you start to realize, like, people change. For you sure. Know? Like, everybody yeah. changes. You do definitely change. It's like, you know, like, it's undeniable like you go a long time without like seeing a person and you come back to them and like a lot of times you know 
like they're different than like who you knew before. Well, what's strange too is how similar. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's like, like you're the same person, but it's with like different. Hurts. But yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Like I can't. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, when you see this person, articulate it. Takes, it. Yeah, it takes you back to like what you were at that mm-hmm. time as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then you know we started like I remember I, I met Nathan at like roasters. He kept coming through, and it's weird because we both thought we were like we both like had poor visions of each other at the time like we both like kind of were like oh that guy's a douchebag uh, he's yeah. like thinking the same thing about me uh, but it was really just you know we're both like in high school and both like starting to grow our hair and we both played guitar yeah like, <laughs> a little bit of a, there's a lot of testosterone, know, testosterone involved yeah, in that yeah but uh and then like one day i saw him play something on instagram and like this is before i deleted all my instagram uh whenever i was like 17 so and uh he uh played something that i really liked and so, like, I commented on it, and I was like, well, I'm going to put everything down about, like, my ego, you know, here, because he, it was, like, really cool. And, uh, and like, like since I had left, or since that guy had left that, like, inspired me whenever I was younger, I hadn't played with anybody that, like, could, like, play, like, really well and, like, knew how to play, like, on the neck anywhere. Like, in, in my friend group, like, nobody else even played guitar, so I was, like, mm-hmm. the only guitar player in my friend group. And then, like, Nathan comes over to my house with this guy named Pierce, that I'd never met yet. Do you know Pierce? Pierce the drummer? Yeah, he became okay. the drummer. Yeah, I've met him. I've met him a couple times, but uh, I don't know if he'd even remember meeting me. as he a might. couple of times. He, was rock, he rock climbed too. So. Oh, yeah, did he? Yeah, he worked oh. at Arch for a while. but Damn. So I bet I bet you probably yeah. had some encounters with him. Yeah, I bet so. He's a cool guy, honestly. He makes really cool music. Like Pierce inspired me to like step out of like my comfort zone musically because he was playing things that were like different and like jazzy and like that like... It made me want to learn that, you know, that's not what I was used to learning. And I kind of always ignored it until I met him. But they come over to my house, like, and uh, I open the door. I didn't even know there was going to be a second person. And they're, like, both just standing there, like, looking goofy with their, like, short shorts on because it was high school. And uh, they come into my house and, like, I bring them to my room. I had, like, a drum set in there because, like, I, I also play the drums not very well. But, like, I've always had a drum set. And it comes in handy for whenever I need to record and I don't have a drummer with me. Yeah. You know? But, uh, so I brought them in and, like, he, Nathan brought over his guitar and amp. And, uh, I think I played the drums, actually, like, the, for, at the beginning of this jam, I was like, because I wanted to, like, hear what Nathan could play. So I, like, let him play the guitar. And, like, I played the drums and Pierce played bass. Weird lineup. And, uh, like... <laughs> But I remember being and like, then everybody's like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. let's all switch one step yeah, to the exactly. right, everybody. <laughs> we went through a couple of different, that's funny, like lineups. Like, at one, so it was like, at first, like, that happened, and then we jammed again. It was really funny, too, because we were, we were like, I was like 17, and they were all, or Pierce was 17 as well, and Nathan was a year older than us. And, uh, at the like end of our like jam, like, you know, we had, like, switched around the whole day. Like, mm-hmm. we were, like, playing different instruments and, like, realizing, like, oh, these guys also play, like, well. Like, like he actually, like, like he must have, like, been inspired by similar things to me, which is crazy because, like, whenever I first met Nathan, like, I was, like, really into Jimi Hendrix and he was really into Stevie Ray Vaughan. And, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan was, like, hugely inspired by Jimi Hendrix. And at the time, like, I didn't really listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan and he didn't really listen to Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. So our styles were, like, similar but, like, different because of that. And uh, he was able to, like, show me the light in Stevie Ray Vaughan and whatever. Like, I mean, like, I just hadn't really dove into it yet, you know. And whenever I found it, I was like, wow, that's super awesome. And, like, so I showed him some, like, Jimi Hendrix songs. And we kind of traded off for, like, like a couple years where, like, he was now, like, diving into Jimmy and I was, like, learning some Stevie. Mm. But uh, so then, like, I think we ended up, like, jam at the end of that jam, uh, 
I'm pretty sure it was me on guitar and Nathan on bass and Pierce on drums. But then they were like, so like, just awkwardly, hey, do you smoke weed? And I was like, yeah, I was like going to ask you guys, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, like, it's like one of those, uh, in the high school days, yeah. you're always kind of like, where's, uh, where's the safe space? Yeah, exactly. And they were like, yeah. And so we went and like, we got, we all got high together. It was like the first time we ever hung out. And then I think we went back and jammed even harder after, like, you know, because we were, like, we, like, you know, had to leave my house because I still live with my mom. And if she would have known that I was getting high, she would have killed me. Although now she, like, with all the current, like, just statements about weed and, like, the general opinion, my mom's actually, like, super about it, weirdly. Because, like, the first time I ever got caught smoking weed, I got, like, really in trouble. Like, yeah. in lot of trouble. <laughs> but then, like, like, six or seven years later, my mom's like, hey, do you know where I could find some edibles? I'm like, what the? Yeah, that's a weird. <laughs> yeah, question. that's a weird question from your mom. Like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then like a couple times, we just started getting together and jamming out. You know, like we didn't even have any intention of making a band, like we just like liked playing with each other, and uh, I was still friends with Sutton, and he hadn't met them yet because like our schedules just didn't line up at the time, and eventually like my dad's band had the space that they rented out downtown, that they were leaving. And it was like 200 bucks a month and we all had jobs. So I was like, I pitched the idea to them. I was like, what if we get this space and like actually try to become a band? And like, they were all like, yeah, let's do that. Like, that sounds like a good idea. So we rented it out. And like, I remember thinking like, man, this is never going to happen. Like, even whenever my dad told me that we could rent it out, I was like, I don't know if that's going to work out, you know? Mm -hmm. And then like, sure enough, we got the space and started, we were there every single night for like two years straight, just every single night, like, after school or whatever, we would all meet up there, and we would all do our, like, high school things, and, like, jam out every single night, it was crazy, it was, like, I've never, like, spent so much time, like, playing music, like, since, honestly, because, like, we were just so, we all, like, had, like, such fresh energies for each other, you know, Well, that's, like, the perfect stage of life, like, where... Where you can do that, yeah, like you exactly. can't do that later in life. That's the yeah, only space. Yeah, that's the only space where you can have hours and hours of exactly. just nobody's just even, no responsibility. Yeah, just like they're just out. like, hey, your parents are like, hey, are you safe? Yeah, exactly. Are you not doing? Are you not? Oh, you're yeah. playing music. Yeah, with a couple of other dudes, like great. Yeah, exactly. stay there. Like, exactly. Stay. exactly. Yeah. Especially because they hated it. Or, well, not my mom, but my stepdad hated it whenever we would play at the house. Because like... So loud. Yeah, it's, it was loud, <laughs> but it wasn't that loud. I just think he hated us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I hate this music. Turn it down. But so like, eventually we moved over to the jam room. Yeah, nice. And my mom like, like, it was a weird subject because like, I would like, like, sometimes there were times that I probably should be, like, punished for what I did, but it, like, was because of music that I did it, so she didn't know, like, how to treat it. Like, there were a couple times I got caught, caught uh, skipping class, but, like, I was skipping class to go play guitar. Mm. Because, like, I had, like, three classes that were, like, just total blow-off periods whenever I was a senior. So I was just like, well, I could be practicing. And eventually that led to me just, like, uh, Randall had this program where they give you all the work for the rest of the year all at once, and then you can just kind of, like, knock it out at mm, your own pace. Nice. So I just finished it in like a couple months and then graduated like a whole semester early so, because I wanted to just practice with these guys all the time, you know? So we did that and then uh, started like writing music and playing shows in Amarillo whenever I was like 17, 18. And, uh... Is that under smooth taste? Yeah. Okay. We, we were a band without a name for a long time, actually. Like, we didn't have a name. But we played our first show without a name because we just like... Where was did, that at? Uh, it was actually at 
zombies, but I think it was before zombies was zombies. Which I can't remember what that place was called before. It was like right before zombies turned into zombies. Yeah, I don't know. Because it was several years ago. I was I was still seventeen at the time, and uh, that was weird because like at the time like we had like a different guy playing drums, Pierce playing rhythm guitar, Nathan playing bass, me playing lead, and Sutton. And then things just didn't work out with that other drummer. And well, Pierce actually just told us he was like, "Hey, I kind of want to play the drums," and Pierce had been playing the drums his whole life. He was honestly just like better than this guy, so we were like. All right, play the drums, but like, no more changes because we need to like get started. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we played a lot for like the first year, and we wrote like probably like we wrote like six songs that were like good enough to present. So like most of our sets consisted of like somewhere between four to six originals and four to six covers, mm. and uh, we played like that for like probably like a year and a half. And uh, whenever I was like nineteen, Pierce decided to leave. Because he wanted to go off and do his own thing, which is totally warranted because he's a great guitar player and a great pianist, like, and that's what he wanted to do. And so we were like, you know, go do your thing for sure. And we still jam out with the guy. And, like, it was one of the, a really good, like, ending to that phase, you know. And also, like, at the time, we were a total, like, just jam band. Like, we weren't, like, it was fun. Like, we were playing stuff, but, like, we wanted to become more coherent anyways. And so it gave us, like a six-month time period to just develop as our own, mm-hmm. like, all as our own musicians, you know? And, like, that's when we all started, like, producing. Because we, like, we needed an outlet, but we didn't have a drummer, so we would just produce songs together, basically, instead. And uh, then after that uh, is whenever we found Daniel Tucker. Yeah. You know him? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've had, actually, I guess his aunt yeah, and yeah. his uncle on the John podcast. Rivera. Yeah. And yep. so, uh, I knew I knew he was the drummer for y'all's band. Yeah. And then Angelina had posted like multiple times, like this dude's a badass, you know, Dude, and, he and is. stuff. And he is yeah, a so uh, yeah, so I know him uh, yeah. from from just that. And yeah. I think I've seen him out a few times and yeah. stuff. But, but yeah, he's, so. he's an awesome drummer, dude. So then he joins up, and y'all like are the presenting. Well, then I so guess we have yeah bass bass switched out, but. Uh, that, like, whenever Daniel joined the band, like, that was a huge turning point for Smooth Taste. Because Daniel, like, like, like I said, Pierce wanted to play other instruments. So, like, but Daniel, like, drums are, like, what he, like, like lives by. Like, he had a very similar upbringing, like, that I did, but, like, with drums. Like, his dad gave him his first drum set, and Daniel just, like, started playing every single day. And, like, you, I mean, that goes to show, like, you know... You just do something every day, like you're gonna get it down. Yeah. And so Daniel's just a total badass now, and he still practices every single day. Like, like sometimes I'll go up there to like the place that we rent out now to practice in, and like I'll end up like spinning like because I go up there and he's already playing and I'm like, well I can't interrupt that, so I'll just hang out in like the lobby area, and then I'll, 45 minutes goes by and he's still playing and I'm like, okay, well I guess I I'll leave. go in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Daniel joins and we started writing new music that was more coherent, like and more developed and like just jazzier and like more complex and not just like you know three chord songs that like also had like a 10 minute guitar solo because like nobody i mean like people love that but like it's like you need that in small doses you know yeah yeah. you don't need like a whole 45 minute set of just like a guitar solo so like we started doing just a lot of different things and uh and we played for the we played probably the like the most shows at that time up until now like we were playing a lot 
And uh, we were also starting to get to play at Golden Light and Leftwoods. So, like, the energy was just totally there. And then, uh, you know, Nathan just, like, he is he had been producing before any of us. So he was, like, way more advanced, like, whenever it came to making beats and stuff. And he really liked doing that. Like, in his free time, that was his main focus. So I think eventually he was, like, I just kind of want to focus on that and focus on school and stuff. So he did that, and he's still, like, my, one of my best friends, you know. And we still, like, get down together every once in a while. And it's, like, some nice jams. But eventually, so we, uh, so then we had Judd as a bass player. I don't know if you know Judd. Oh, he's I know Judd. Yeah. yeah. Judd's an awesome bass player, too. Like, Judd joining the band was awesome. He played, like, probably, I think, four or five shows with us. That was the show I saw yeah. at Gunners. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was the bassist yeah. at Gunners, so. I, I, we actually wrote one of our songs that we play now with Judd. Cause like I had this like riff and or like this just kind of like chord progression and whenever we first like met up with Judd to see if like this was gonna work out, he was like he like he just like picked up his bass and I was like I started playing the chord progression just like you know warming up and then he just started like playing the funkiest shit I've ever heard to it and I was just like this guy he needs yeah. to play with us you know, so then Judd played with us for a while and uh, I mean we're hoping to make music with him again in the future in some sort of manner because he also like makes like electronic music that's really cool. But uh, it just, like, he has got a lot, like, in his life going on already, you know? He's got a child. Yeah, oh, shit, dude. That's the thing, man. Do not fuck around unless you're ready to have a kid. Because I can attest to... Which, granted, our kid, you know, I love him. Lifestyle planned and change and everything we we wanted him in. But, dude, even with that, even with planning and knowing and all that it still completely shifts your life you yeah. know into a completely different stratosphere and time becomes like it's sort of like value that i didn't know it could exist on time like back whenever i was single and didn't yeah. have it it was like older older guys would say that to me like oh man enjoy while you can yeah i never believed them yeah and then now it's like oh shit dude you get yeah. a kid and so whenever i saw judd in that in y'all's band i was kind of like oh that's cool man like i'm yeah a sight for him you know like if you yeah. make that work that's awesome you know yeah but but like so basically whenever we whenever we got judd like we had already had shows booked whenever nathan left and so like we were like well we got to figure something out so we told judd we were like hey man like it was kind of like a like just like a hey like we know that you got a lot going on but would you maybe be able to play these shows with us so like it was like he knew that like he was kind of just like filling in for a while. Mm, nice. So okay. it was it was honestly a really good like experience. It was cool getting to play with him and stuff. But uh, and like now we have a special connection on the strings. Like if we were in a room together like with our guitars, like I'm sure something cool would happen. But uh, so like the the bass player that we have now, his name is Devin Saker, and Devin like it's weird because like he originally was like one of the people that were hanging out at the Mockingbird House all the time. Like, he, like, came over, like, he had just started playing music whenever we uh, formed Smooth Taste and, like, we're living together. So he would come over, and, like, I actually used to give him some lessons on the guitar back in the day. And so that's what's crazy about it now is he's, like, so much, I mean, he's just come so far since the first time I ever saw him play. But he's, like, one of those guys that, like, it's just in him, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, like, one of my, like, he was, like, the best, like, person, or best student, I guess I could say, I've ever had. Like, because I've taught lessons to, like, four or five people. And, uh, which I want to do more, like, now in my life, but it's just so hard to find people that, like, want to play guitar that bad, like, that don't already know how to play guitar, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, uh, so, like, me and him, we got together, and, like, just, like, 
I felt like Obi-Wan to Anakin, like, because mm. he was just, like, getting so good. I was like, I don't know if I can trust his power. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, <laughs> so, like, three years later, he he rents out a room, or he, like, was, was running out of room with someone else in the same place that we played. Mm-hmm. But they just, like, jammed. Like, they weren't, like, trying to be a van. And so, like, one time I just, like, asked him, like, we, me and him had jammed out a couple times like right before I asked him but like we had been jamming like for like years so like we already had chemistry you know so uh but like and then he started getting just like really good and I was like hey man how would you feel about maybe playing with smooth taste and he was like honestly just tell me when to show up to practice and I was like that's the attitude I like right there yeah so like and that's what we need you know we need like people that are like devoted to like this exact thing but uh so then we just started playing and he learned all the songs that we had already written really quick and now he's already he's been a part of like like he's recorded all the bass lines on the whole album so that's really cool i'm glad that it's not all like like this is the final set you know so like he's the bass player for the whole album and he also helped write like four or five of the songs now oh nice so i mean he's like really creative bass player but and then that puts us puts us at now which is like we're about to go on tour and hopefully we'll see so now what uh i this one of the things I was gonna ask you about was uh, so y'all got a bus, yeah. And now is is this just y'all's bus or is this like a like a co-op type thing? So the bus, yeah, it's basically like a co-op type thing. Like uh, Lake Dads, you know, yeah, they pitched for it as well because they're going on tour with us. Oh, nice. And like you know, they've been like just really tight with Smooth Taste like since the beginning. Like Matt McIntosh was actually the person who kind of like inspired me. Matt McIntosh from a uh, Late Dads, he inspired me to, like, start writing my own music. Because, like, whenever I met him, I was 16. So it was still in that phase of, like, learning a lot, you know? And I'd start working at Roasters, and, like, he told me that he wrote his own music. Like, and I thought that was so cool, because, like, at the time I was trying to write, but, like, it was just so bad that I was like, well, I'll never be able to write my own music. But then, like, he just, like, kind of gave me some pro tips on it. And, like, it changed the game for me, and I started writing my own music. And it's honestly, like, it's just weird how things like that happen in your life. Like, one person is, like, a pivotal moment, you know? Mm. But, uh, so, like, we've been friends forever. And Matt's been playing music forever, too. So, and then eventually, him and Keely, like, started dating. And she's a badass guitar player and just a badass musician. Like, she really inspired my production a lot, like, with my new album especially. Because she, like, is really good at creating, like, soundscape-type, like intros and stuff like that to like hard hidden mm. beats so it's like like starts off like really ambient you know and like just like punching the face but uh in a good way yeah yeah well. yeah but, punches uh, that's always good Me- with music punches in the face yeah it's not like a fist punch in yeah the face, you know it's like yeah a, but, it's like a good one like yeah but uh yeah so like they then they formed late dads you know they're like they formed late dads uh it's crazy their, their first show as late dads was our first show with Daniel, because we did, like, we were living at Mockingbird, and we were about to all, like, split ways, go live on our own, and, uh, so we had a final house show, because, like, throughout the time of, like, living at Mockingbird, we would, like, like, Mockingbird was, like, almost like a venue, like, we would throw shows there, like, pretty often, and then, like, whenever we weren't throwing shows on the weekend, we would just get, like, still basically throw shows, but instead we would have, like, Cody Potts, or Nathan DJ in our okay. garage. So, nice. like, they would just set up some speakers and, like, throw it on. Everybody, like, a bunch of people would come over and dance, you know? It was a lot of fun, honestly. It was, like, something that, you know, like, doesn't just happen very often, but 
so like we were like well we have to like you know throw some heritage out there and do a final house show and so we did that late dad's first show and daniel's first show with us and it was like a total blast couldn't have gone better there were, nice. there were like like people like age like 40 there I, mean, oh, really? I don't even know how they got there I don't even know the people like I just remember I like was walking out the front door and like there were already more people than I expected and then I just see like this group of like 30 to like 40 year olds walking in and I'm like alright yeah. <laughs> that's cool I guess yeah. and they like hung out the whole show and loved it so <laughs> I was like alright cool it but, is such a weird thing like getting older cause you like I felt like that at Gunners before I'm like yeah. looking around I'm like shit man it's yeah. like a bunch of kids here, dude. Yeah. Like, and you know, I'm kind of like looking around, and but at the same time, like I can, it's like a, it's a strange thing where music is and how yeah. music is viewed in Amarillo because it's almost viewed as if you're doing something new and special and cool, you're gonna be a kid. Yeah. Or you turn into a cover band, right? Exactly. And then, and then, dude. like, it's almost like. Uh, it turns into like almost like a background thing or something yeah. that just happens when you're drinking. Like it's yeah. not necessarily, but if, if you're wanting to get something cool and fresh and yeah. you know, then you have to go, you have to go where that's happening, which is exactly. typically house shows. Like, yeah, a, exactly. You're right. I've been noticing a you're lot right. more that that's happening in Amarillo, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's really cool, honestly. And it's it weird cool. because like, I guess like before, like, our, like, period of music here in Amarillo, you know, because, like, before, like, Smooth Taste ever existed, or, like, a lot of the bands right now, you know, like, back when Mount Ivy was just, like, getting started, and, like, Western Plaza was here, mm -hmm. apparently, like, house shows didn't happen that often from what I hear, but now they just, like, happen all the time, which is really cool. Yeah, I feel like cool. it's an awesome phase of Amarillo, like, because, you know, the city just keeps growing, so eventually, like, it's going to be, hopefully... A pretty like artsy place with like that people want to go to and experience you know right and it's just i feel like it's pretty awesome that like i've gotten to be a part of that community yeah you know? yeah for like, sure so if amarillo ever does take off like maybe like they'll be like oh yeah that ben smith was here you know? well seeing that um <clears throat> this is a slight segue but so i listened i think it was y'all's wt interview that y'all did yeah and I think it was maybe y'all singer Sutton, Sutton saying yeah. that y'all were thinking about leaving Amarillo. Yeah. Is this true? Yeah. Where are y'all thinking about transplanting? So that's like really tough question, man. Because like there, we kind of want to take like a first step out somewhere that's not necessarily where we're going to like plant forever. It's more of just going to be like a uh, build up more of a following and like just step out, you know, of Amarillo. But because, like, one of our options is Dallas, but, like, I don't know if everybody's 100% set on that, but, like, it would be nice for me because that's where my family lives. Mm. So it'd be cool to get to be with my little sister because she's an awesome musician. Like, she's, like, learning guitar, honestly, I feel like faster than I did. So she got started later, too, and she's nice. already, like, better than I was whenever I was, like, 18. I mean, well, not, like, solo-wise, but, like, she can play and sing better than I could. Like, but she goes for a different vibe, you know, but it's awesome, and I would love to be a part of that. But, like, I'm still open to whatever. I think we're thinking Colorado as well. Just because, you know, like, yeah, I feel like it's a good central area. Mm -hmm. where Because, like, our plan is, like, wherever we go, we're going to be, like, touring out of a lot. So, Colorado's a nice, like, central area where we can hit, like, the East Coast or the West Coast, like, pretty easily. Hell, Amarillo's a pretty good Honestly, Amarillo is a pretty good central <laughs> so this, location. So, this is one of the things, whenever I heard that. So, I'm, like, sitting in United parking lot. Yeah. I think I was actually leaving United heard that and I was like shit man like 
Number one, Amarillo is a cool place. Yeah. If cool people stay here. Yeah, exactly. Amarillo's a lame place if all the cool people leave. Yeah. You know? So it's kind of like one of those things where, like, I heard it was like, okay, did you ever know Scenic River Roots Band? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, they so, left. Yeah, well, I'm, I think, yeah, I think all of them are gone yeah. now, you know? But <clears throat> that was uh, my early, I think it was early 20s when they were playing quite a few shows. I think I saw them a couple times at the Nat and stuff. Yeah. And, and it was like one of those, when they were playing, it was like this time where I was like, it's happening. You know, like yeah. Amarillo's got a legit band yeah. that can rip and consistently rip. You yeah. know, like they're going to, anytime they do a show, it's going to be a good show. And yeah. Dude, the Nat, they're, the couple of shows I went to at the Nat with them were packed out. That's what I hear. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and I don't know numbers, yeah. you know, but it was packed out. Yeah. And then it was like, then they like leave, you know, and so like a little bit of a scene was starting. And then it just. And then it kind of, I mean, it didn't have an outlet, you yeah. know, and then like all of my friends that were music people, I had a group of friends that were all going to shows and going out of town yeah. and, and then they all leave yeah. and then like and I, maybe that's just the process of like getting a little older to where all your cool friends not all my cool friends I still have cool friends here but yeah. you know a big chunk of them left and it was one of those things like I got to thinking about it and wondering and I talked to my like last guest my, my last podcast about this a little bit because Amarillo to me Seems like a perfect place to tour out of. You're right. Honestly. It's cheap. Yeah. You've got several venues. Yeah. Like that you can kind of practice and yeah. you don't necessarily have to have like the sharpest set. Yeah. I feel like if you're in a place like Dallas. Dude, you got to be tight. You got to be tight every you time tight. you like step out yeah. there and you can't necessarily just, you know, not that you ever really want to dick around in front of people, yeah. but like there are times where you're like, might say, hey, let's, fuck around for let's a throw yeah. this song out there or let's yeah. throw a three or four minute solo in yeah, where exactly. I wasn't planning or exactly. maybe we're filling this spot and we can just yeah. say, hey, look, dude, we're just going to feel some of this stuff and yeah. just like, you know, get tight kind yeah. of. But so it was like always, whenever I heard that, I instantly was like, mm. and I... Never toured, yeah. Never put out an album. I'm not like not in the music scene, yeah. so to speak. But I was just like, damn, you know. I wondered if it was maybe because I was this. I was before my wife and myself had kids. I got a good job that I love. House. Uh, we were living in our old house at the yeah. time, and and, it, and we were both thinking like, man, maybe we should move. Yeah. We should head out. Maybe, you know, we started feeling this call of our friends were going yeah. out. And it was just like, yeah. started making it like, I was like, damn, we got, you know, maybe we need to get out of here. Maybe we need yeah. to go somewhere. Maybe we need to like look in and, you know, I'm kind of looking other places and stuff. And, and then it was like, uh, almost this like time where like my mind switched and yeah. I thought, man, I'm somebody in Amarillo. I'm nobody in Dallas. I'm nobody yeah. in Denver. I'm True. nobody any any all these other places in Amarillo. I'm Dexter. Like I go yeah. out to Unite. I see people. They say, "Hey, what's up, Dexter?" Yeah. I have people who will show up to things and say, "I'm here to support Dexter." Yeah. I don't even like what he's doing. Yeah. I'm just here to support him. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a it's a weird thing. You know, weird. And so it was kind of one of those things. Like I was wondering if. 
I don't know. I guess I'm not really not trying to talk you out of leaving Amarillo, yeah. but I guess I'm kind of trying to talk you out of leaving Amarillo. You know, like well, to to me, it seems like a perfect place to tour out of. You know. Yeah. So that that's true. So like basically, whenever we get back from this tour, the next year we'll spend living still in Amarillo, but making small circuits all over like the country where we, yeah, we feel yeah. like going because like we have like luckily most of us have a job that's willing to take us back when we get back. Yeah. So like, because I've been working on roasters for like way too long. How so, how big of a like circuits are you talking here? So when we so the first one we're going the first tour the plan is to get up to uh, hopefully uh, Portland and then come back and it's looking like that's probably gonna happen because we're like it, we we're getting into San Diego pretty soon like in the trip like we'll be in San Diego within like a week and so and that's like quite a jump you know we're planning on doing a month to a month and a half for the first tour so we're gonna try to go as far north as we can and come back and then after that we're gonna do some Texas tours before we do anything else. Mm-hmm. Just hit Austin and Dallas and Houston, you know? Yeah. Just because those are great places to spread, like, you know, your music, especially because there's so many people there. And uh, Austin being Austin, you know, like, got to play there. Just got to. If you, like, plan on, like, building a pretty big following here in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then after that, we're going to go East Coast. And then once, you know, like, all of that's said and done, we're basically either going to, depending on how things go, like, say we get a record label that's like, hey, we're willing to, like, you know, do this, like, promoting and, like, booking tours for you. And, like, you can stay in Amarillo and keep recording at, like, Animal Kingdom. And that's probably what we'll do for a while, mm-hmm. you know? Just because, like, we have the option to go out wherever we want to and play wherever we want to, but we have a nice, cheap living space. And, like, we've got a really good connection with Nick Schmidt. Like, recording this album with him has been awesome, and it sounds better than anything we've ever done. Like, the quality of it is going to be crisp, and I'm really excited for that. Nice. Like, when, when's that coming out? So, we're three songs away from recording, or from uh, finishing the whole thing, and I think it's 11 songs on the album, which is pretty meaty, honestly, for, like, us, because, like, I mean, the EP is only three songs, you know? Yeah. And, uh... We'd written, like, probably, like, even when the EP came out, we had, like, seven songs, but we knew that we were, like, trying to reach for a different style, like, at the time, so we are like, let's just get these out, because we think they're good songs, but they're not what we want to continue doing, like, we didn't want to be just super psychedelic, mm. so, this new album's gonna be super, like, I don't know if you ever listened to Neo Soul music, yeah, it's, uh-huh. like, a subgenre of jazz that basically takes, like, R&B roots, oh, okay. it's, like, so it's, like, R&B and funk, but, like, kind of mixed with jazz, and it's a little more complex, and uh neo soul yeah okay so i'm nice. trying to think like i mean you listen to anderson pack yeah anderson pack is kind of a lot of times like he go, he does some neo soul type things like okay whenever he uses all the live instruments and it sounds mm-hmm. like hip-hop and kind of jazzy you mm-hmm. know like real groovy nice. so that, that's what we were wanting to go for is kind of more like a groovy sound like still here and there like with some kind of heavier stuff but like even at that i just mean like the kind of like heavy that doesn't necessarily sound like super heavy distorted guitars but like makes you feel like a certain that like heavy feeling or like mm-hmm. oh I feel like pumped up and inspired in yeah, certain places nice. so like we wanted to just and it, it's going to be a lot just like more complex and tight and uh, especially since we've been practicing the song so much recently we've been practicing more now that we have like a good solid foundation like more now than we ever have like we actually managed to get like one to two practices a week which like it was really hard to do that for a while just with everybody having a crazy schedule you oh, know oh yeah she- but we're all set in now, which is good, because our songs are sounding, like, tight. Like, we practiced last night, and even last night, I was like, we played a song that, like, we have played two times in our life, 
and have been practicing for about a month. And last night was like the night that it was like finally like, wow, that was like really tight. Like nice. that sounded like how it needs to sound, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm really excited about all the new music we've been working on. It's like way out there on the guitar for me, especially because like most people, like when they think about me, they probably expect like psychedelic rock guitar. Like that's probably what a lot of people thought my album was going to be whenever it came out, which is like kind of cool to me because I hope that people heard it and were like, what the hell? Yeah. Not what I was expecting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, it definitely, and I don't know, I think I was expecting the hip-hop-y yeah. sound to it because it, like, uh, it seemed like some of the stuff you were posting was like, like, seemed like you were more working on the beat yeah. side of it. Like, yeah. And it didn't, I mean, I don't know, uh, I've listened to it several times and not like super hard trying to like break it apart. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like you were really focusing on the guitar in it. Yeah, like, you're right. Like, I, it sounded yeah. like more like synth, beat, yeah, exactly. kind of trying to do some ambient noises and stuff. Exactly. It seemed like, uh, it honestly, it seemed to me like an exercise. Honestly, like, yeah. Like, uh, okay, I'm going to try to make music with, like, uh, cutting off my right hand. Exactly. You know? dude. Like, that is exactly liberty. what it was. That was the whole plan, like, from the beginning. Is like, even whenever I first made my Instagram, I was like, everybody's going to expect this guitar stuff, but, like, that's, I want to step out of my comfort zone, you know? Like, I want to be a well-rounded musician rather than a well-rounded guitar player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Although, like, don't get me wrong, like, guitar is still always going to be my main, like, outlet and what I know how to play the best. But yeah. I want to be able to do it all just because I want to, like, be, like, releasing, like, conceptual-type pieces of music that are more artistic rather than just, like, you know... Well, music. I mean, a, a composer doesn't just play the violin. Exactly. A composer works with the entire orchestra. <clears throat> and so you have to understand the other aspects of it to, yeah. you know, like you got to be able to do a melody and a bass line, yep. but then also tie it together with a beat and then drop it for the, you know, yeah. right moments and stuff. So, yeah, that was, uh, I, I did think that was a cool... Uh, a cool thing to do to kind of switch up and every you know the times I've seen you live has been you just ripping you know yeah. I mean and it's good I, that's that's what uh, especially in those environments it's uh, it almost seemed and I don't know if it's like a aspect of humanity or if it's uh, modernness it, it almost it's like uh, it's nice to see it bounce like okay, now the singer's singing. Yeah. Everybody else fades back just yeah. to Okay, then the guitarist steps yeah. up. Everybody else fades back. Okay, bassist, uh, you yeah. know, drum, and it's like almost like this uh, uh, articulation. Yeah. You know of the of the noise, and it it does a good thing to like keep everybody engaged and bring it in, and then it's then you're messing with a vibe, yeah. which is a completely different thing. Exactly. It's almost can't even be premeditated. It has exactly. to be you know flow the experience you know? Yeah. yeah so uh super i've enjoyed every time that i've seen you alive and it's fun and it's good and uh but i did think that that you releasing that as a solo yeah. showed range and and it's exciting for and it's cool to see that y'all are kind of each working on your own thing you yeah. know like one of the questions i was going to have is like like how do you separate smooth taste from personal from solo it's really hard to say honestly like a lot of the songs like i've had to like have an internal debate about for months before i decide which one it, wh where it's going to go unless it's a hip-hop beat of course because like hip-hop beats and then even there i have my like a different like struggle because uh i'm like producing for my brother who lives in new york now 
who he's like, he's only worked on two songs with me so far, but so now I have like, like whenever I make a good beat or a beat that I like, I should say, I'm like, well, do I want to use this for me or do I want to use it for my brother or do I want to use it for the J Hair and the Mockingbirds project? So like I have all these different outlets. So it's kind of just like whatever I feel like sounds the most tailored to like whichever side, you know? Yeah. But whenever it comes to like whatever I'm, cause I've like, even though like I've, you know, released this album that doesn't have any guitar work, I, I do have like a lot of songs that I've written on the guitar that I'm not using this smooth taste, you know, that like kind of like I feel in an emotional way that's different than like what I'm doing for smooth taste. Like it's like more of like, it felt like, like whenever I've had like a really like intense experience and like I've I writ or like wrote something about that, you know, that was just a really personal thing. Like I feel like I'm saving those songs right now because now uh, I'm about to actually finish up my B-sides for this album, which that I just released, which is like gonna be four songs that I really still like, but just didn't fit the same exact vibe. Mm -hmm. And they're all beats as well, except for one of them has some more primary like guitar work. And uh, I'm also gonna record some more guitar on one of the other songs, and I kinda want it to be a bridge over to what my next actual full album is gonna be, which is gonna be just like, I'm gonna record uh, a full album of all real instruments and I don't know exactly what the style is going to be, and I don't feel like it's going to be, like, one whole, like, set style. I think it's going to be probably a lot of different, like, vibes that I'm hitting on it musically, but, like, there's probably going to be some jazz, and there's probably going to be some heavy stuff, but, like, heavy stuff, I mean, just kind of, like, fun, punky type, not, like, screamo yeah, by yeah, any means, yeah. but I'm, like, I've been really, like, inspired by the band Leon to, like, dive into some math rock guitar, because that stuff's really cool. Yeah. So I've like already started working on trying to compose like a math rock type song on the guitar that'll probably go under my name rather than Smooth Taste because we're not exactly a math rock band, you know. Well, that's like a cool thing about like being able to release things under my name is I can kind of just do whatever I want, like without anybody being like, I don't think we should do that. You right, know? right. Because like, well, and I mean that's the thing too is you don't want to betray the the brand. Exactly. You know, and like, uh, did you were you ever a Dave Matthews fan? Yeah. So you know when he released Some Devil. Yeah. Uh, and it was like one of the Dave Matthews solo. Yeah. Right? And and then it like turns out that it was mostly Dave Matthews band. Yeah. You know, playing and, and stuff. But it did. It had a completely different feel and yeah. it was still Dave, but it was like it's not Dave Matthews band, you know? Yeah. And so it did it makes perfect sense that you would want some sort of a an outlet because contrived isn't the right word. But when you're playing with a band, you're wanting to hit a specific. Yeah. It's less organic and more cultivated. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And then so sometimes you might be coming out with this like cultivated or this uh, organic thing. Exactly. That doesn't line up with exactly. the cultivated, in like uh, what's the right? Yeah, intentional. You yeah. Know? Like you want it to be. So yeah, that that makes perfect sense, and it's cool that you're already got that thing going. You know. Yeah. So you got your Spotify, and is that the main thing that you're releasing um, your music on? Well, actually, you know, I like I went through a distributor called DistroKid, which is an awesome thing for musicians now, because you can you just sign up. You know, like for like they have a membership for just solo artists. They have a membership for record labels, so like you can release several artists' music on it, which Smooth mm -hmm. Taste is actually on DistroKid as a record label. So basically, like, I mean, there's like thoughts of one day maybe having a record label, you know, for like our whole collective of people. Uh, right now, we're m like a collective without a name, basically. We all yeah. like, we all, 
there's like 10 of us that all make music together and we all make music alone, you know, and we want to like be able to kind of like help each other through this. And because like the more, you know, like the more people I feel like the more opportunities there are for us and Amarillo to get out there. Oh yeah. Doing it. So like right now we're releasing my music, Smooth Taste music and uh, the J Hair and the Mockingbirds music all under the Smooth Taste record label on DistroKid. So uh, it, that provides music to like it'll it'll basically it's the middleman here like it like it's the they're the distributors that put our music on Spotify but they also do Bandcamp they do uh, Apple Music iTunes uh, basically every single thing except for SoundCloud because mm. SoundCloud is free like it oh. does, does everything but the free stuff okay so like I, I'm I still haven't actually uploaded my album to SoundCloud yet I probably should do that sometime soon just because there's a lot of people that list their main source of listening to music is SoundCloud so I was planning on doing that today but like I ended up going skating instead so. yeah nice <laughs> I've noticed that in your, uh, have you always skated is that like yeah I've, I've always skated but like I just recently started like actually trying to learn stuff because like I've always skated like just as a way to really honestly like like throw on some headphones and listen to music and like mm. have something to do with my body like while I'm listening to music that's kind of like almost like a meditation mm. for me you know like it's good inspiration so like I'll go skate and like, or I used to like just go skate and listen to music, and uh, just kind of like cruise and I could do like a kickflip every once in a while at the time, but like I wasn't like really trying to be a good skater or anything because I was trying to be a good guitar player, you know. And nowadays, which that is risky, dude. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, being on a skateboard yeah. whenever you're trying to be a guitar player yeah. is uh, you're you know, right. you're gonna slip. Dude, I've done some like I've done some questionable things that I, that probably should make me like stop. Like even I I felt today, dude. I should have uh, probably fixed it up, but it was right before I came here. Yeah, no worries. Dude, I got like some road rash oh, on the yeah. back, dude. <laughs> I haven't taken a fall like that though in a minute. Like, like if, since I've been skating, most of like I'm like, I'm I have been skating for a long time, so I'm like I'm not really good at tricks, but I'm really good at bailing. Nice. So like, if I need to like, if I'm going in for, for like a fall, like I'm pretty good at like either rolling or just like you know keeping myself from actually hitting the ground. But today, I like it was the first five seconds of me skating. Like I literally just got on my board and started rolling. And this, there's like a like if you hit a very small pebble on a skateboard and like I'm sure every skater has faced this, yeah, you just fly off. And I was like, I got going quick and then I got in trick position, so like I was like down and like just not ready to take a fall and like I was about to do like an ollie, and then I hit the rock and flew like seriously like three feet. I was going so fast and then I just hit the street and skid. Oh, yeah, and nice. I was like, well, I feel like that's a sign that I probably shouldn't skate right now. Do you think that? That there's an aspect of like uh, wanting to feel that like okay so you know you're gonna fall yeah skateboarding you know you're gonna fall you know you're gonna hit the ground you know you're gonna like tweak something yeah that because I always face this with like rock climbing yeah there's like an excitement behind it why am I wanting to what what the risk but it's almost like the pain yeah the the possibility of feeling yeah is like what like drives you to it yeah you know it's kind of even like the risks like yeah okay y'all have shows booked do we have shows booked yeah Yeah. okay so if you break your wrist yeah you know know, like there's a risk to it you're right i probably shouldn't be i mean no 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 i'm not trying to discourage you from skating by no by no means but it, it is kind of like there's an aspect of of uh, doing that, that almost makes you feel a little bit more alive, or almost yeah. feels like uh, it's almost more worth it. Like it's yeah. a weird thing. So like, I mean, also, I, I like try to be as safe as I can with it. Like, I even I'm the guy that at the skate park that wears a helmet right now, but that's also because I'm not as good as a lot of people there. So, okay, like, 
regardless, we'll go ahead and throw this out there. If any skaters are listening, you look fine, put a damn helmet on. I know. I had a buddy. You're already cooler than we are. Yeah, I had a buddy who I uh, skateboarded with growing up. I was never very good. I liked the lifestyle a little more. And I got a uh, call a few years ago. I hadn't talked to him in years. Uh, But his mom talked to my mom. Evidently, he gets tapped by a car. Screwing across, or skating across the road. Only thing on his body that you could even tell, like, an abrasion on was his head. Little yeah. bitty. Didn't go to the hospital, no problems. Complete personality shift. Like, traumatic brain injury oh, and man. personality shift and uh, completely altered the rest of his life for, you know? Yeah. And it was just, if he had been wearing a helmet, yeah. nothing. Dude, that's my thing. Nothing would have so happened, like, you know? I'm, yeah, dude. Like, I'm, like, if I end up breaking a leg or something, like, that's all right, I guess. Like, uh, it's not as bad. That's why I always wear a helmet, just to be safe, because, like, I can't risk because even if i do break my wrist i still have the knowledge that i do on the guitar yeah. i just can't exactly execute it right now but if i were to affect like my my brain i'd be screwed oh yeah you know nobody wants to be shit in their pants dude exactly nobody that's wants like, to be shit that's in why their i wear helmets you know yeah yeah there's, Honestly. No, there's nothing wrong with that man. yeah there's nothing wrong with tony that. hawk dude best oh. skater of all time always yeah. wear the helmet man. oh yeah yeah well i mean that's that's the crazy thing is like uh even, i'll go mm. skiing sometimes yeah and it still blows my mind that people ski without helmets. I'm yeah, like, dude, dude, that's risky. You hit, you go fast. Yeah, you, <laughs> you go know? really like, fast. You go really ski, fast. Dude. Like yeah. you gotta, you got, and you don't ever know who's gonna be coming out of left field. Yeah, you know, and stuff. for sure. But, uh, there, that's definitely one thing that I don't know. It's just su- super strange. And like, I still watch some skates, some skate videos, and see some stuff, and seeing these guys doing crazy, crazy stuff, crazy yeah. shit, and it's yeah. like you don't. Don't even have a helmet. Why not wear a? Like, I know. What is it? Why not wear a helmet? You Dude, know. And honestly, to me, like whenever I started wearing a helmet, I actually was able to learn more because I was like more confident. Like mm. I wasn't afraid of falling because like I had a helmet on. You yeah, know? yeah. So I was able to learn so much more once I started wearing a helmet. And now, like, I can actually do some tricks rather than just like cruising around. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, and also, it's just like really get great uh, physical activity. Like, you're out there for, like, a couple hours, you know, like, you're going to work up a good sweat Hell and, like, yeah. some good cardio. So Hell yeah, dude. It's part, like, why I do it, too. It's just stay active. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you got to, you got to work that in, like, any way or any time you can. You yeah. Know, you got to work that in. All right, let's hit a couple quick questions for sure. Um, okay, so I was wanting to talk to you about your Fine Friends album. Oh, yeah. So, and the cover is a satellite dish. Yeah. Is this aliens? No. Are the friends that you're talking about no. aliens? No. <laughs> no. No. The, the album cover is just, uh, just honestly a, kind of unrelated to the actual uh, like name of the album because like Eric Burdett, you know, mm-hmm. he uh, I had him on the podcast. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. But he, uh, I just texted him. I was like, Hey man, I need an album cover because, like, I'm trying to release this thing quick, and, like, I didn't know that, like, you couldn't put the album cover up, like, later, like, because I, I was scheduling it for release, like, a month in advance, mm. so I was like, well, I still got a month to get the album cover, and then I realized that, like, while I was scheduling it for release, like, I had to have it right then and there, so I sent him that, and I just, he sent me just, like, a whole, just, like, I mean, like, probably a hundred pictures that were all incredible, which I now can just look at anytime on my yeah, laptop, which nice. is awesome, they're incredible. And I just saw the satellite one, and I just felt like the like kind of spacey image 
of it like just fit like the energy of the album mm-hmm. rather than like the like title. Yeah. Like I felt like it fit like the music more than the actual title of the album. So I thought I had my water in here and all. But and uh, yeah. So that's okay, so that's I was like looking at it and I was like, man, is this an alien dude? Yeah. Is he into aliens? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at aliens. Not like not the, into aliens though. I, I am into aliens, honestly. Like I just like one of my all-time favorite movies is Science for some reason. Oh yeah. I don't know why, but it's yeah. like one I have to watch once a year. But, nice. Uh, I like it. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't believe that like we're here alone in the universe for sure, but. I don't know if we should get into all that. Yeah, yeah, that might be, <laughs> that might be a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, sure. So let's see here. What was that? So um, where do you where do you start whenever you're like working on those songs? Is it a different spot every time? Um, it like like where do I start making the song? Like, like are where? you a beat guy? Do you start with the beat and then you fill in, or is it uh, different every time? Like, is there a different foundation for every song? I would say there's probably a di- there's a different foundation for every song, but there is also kind of a uh, like I kind of go through a like sort of a routine that is loose, you know what I'm saying? So like it's like I go in with the same mindset. I'm gonna make something, but I don't know exactly where I'm gonna start yet. So like, and for the most part, like with the hip hop beats, they were all of these ones were like just almost accidents like every single one of them like I just like was probably already making something and then I like found a sound that I really liked and a chord that I really liked and I was like I feel like I hear a whole song in my head off of that I'm gonna drop what I'm working on right now and go start working on that you know and then I ended up finishing those instead because they just appealed to me more and it's weird like uh I like have been talking about like oh I'm gonna release an album like I actually have two albums that, like, I was supposed to release that were just, like, weren't good enough, in my opinion, that, like, I, like, had, like, finished, like, and, like, Mm. they were, like, the full projects, and then I just, like, was, it wasn't the one yet, I just, like, felt that, so I just kept making until eventually I just, like, I had, like, all of these songs eventually made, and before the, the actual release, there were, uh, so right now there's eight tracks on it, and the first one's, like, introvert is really just an intro and uh so that one in the interlude and um the song uh i can't even remember what the song's called right now because most of my names are uh pretty like spur of the moment i think i got it i, I have it pulled up on spotify so we can check it real quick oh uh power outage or the power's out that's what power, it is the power's, power's out oh yeah out. power's out okay Originally, that song was called Power Outage because whenever we had that like crazy windstorm, oh, yeah. knocked power out of my house for like four days. So I just like, but I had my laptop and my laptop keeps really good charge. I found out over this time period. Four days? Well, it, it died like two and a half in, but oh, like okay. two days say, into damn, it. Damn, like, yeah, impressive. And I was like, you know, using like I was using it for everything because we didn't have any power. So like I would like and I just like throw throw my hotspot on you know on my phone. Oh Supply yeah, that with Wi Fi. Okay, still watch Netflix. Yeah, but, nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just like in pitch black. Yeah, but, uh, that's hilarious. So like I made that song while I had already like so I I had like five songs that I was originally gonna release as an EP, you know. And then I made that song, and, like, I felt like it, like, just naturally fitted the vibe of the rest of them, you know? And all of these songs just kind of accumulated over literally a year. Like, the the last song on the album, Moon, is actually the oldest song. Mm. I made that one with Cody Potts, actually, whenever I was house-sitting for someone. And I was just like, he was like, hey, you want to make a beat? And I was like, sure. And he came over, 
and so like that kind of that sample that's in it he had already kind of started working on like I don't know if you remember that part in the song but there's like a really crazy sample with like some kind of soul vocals in it I mean remember is a strong word <laughs> you know because I've listened yeah, to it several yeah. times but it's like uh, you'll know what I'm talking about whenever yeah, you yeah, yeah. when time. I listen to it back yeah. I'll know okay but uh so there's like the sample that he had already started working on and like I just really liked the way it sounded and I was like what like it kind of started off as like originally we were going to collab but then he kind of just gave me like what he had begun and was like finish it so like I just like took the song and before it was literally just a sample and some drum loops and then I added in like the bass on that song is actually the only song in the whole album with an, a real bass like I played the real bass on it and then tried to make it sound subby you know and uh, there's guitar on that track, like the main melody and rhythm is guitar that I added in. And that's basically the whole beat is just like a couple of drum loops that he sent me or like lended me and uh, my bass and guitar. And that was it. And I was like, I mean, I think that song kind of slaps, honestly, for being what it is. And it's a good like reminder that like, hey, this is still Blake Rogers that plays guitar, you know, because mm -hmm. there's like that's the only song with the solo on it. Mm -hmm. There's like a kind of and it's still a like, really short solo. But it's like there at the did, end of it. Did you feel like you had to re like resist the temptation to play guitar? Yeah, like, yeah, dude. On almost all of the songs, like there's there's so many songs that like, like it's kind of like I don't know, like sometimes I just go way overboard with the guitar and I can't even help it. And then afterwards, I'm like, I have to go back and delete a lot of things that I did, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, so with this album, that was my main goal was to try to keep it as like clean as possible without like too much guitar. So like. And I feel like I finally have achieved that in my life because a lot of times my biggest problem with making a song is putting in too much, honestly, whenever sometimes like less is better, you know? Yeah. So I feel that was my goal here with this album. That was one thing that uh, John Mayer, I don't know what your opinion on John Mayer it's is. Great guitar player. I love that dude. And um, one of the things he was talking about was with his continuing, Continuum album yeah. is that he said that he started realizing anytime I want to play I have to resist that feeling yeah so he was like starting to try to play with space yeah and trying to create the space around the guitar yeah. like so the the guitar has to be there yeah for there to be space between the guitar being yeah. there and like so it was like yeah I don't know I heard a couple interviews with him on it and it was it's just kind of like an interesting thing like I think that there is a point in a artist's uh, development where the restraint they yeah. show is far more impressive than the than what they're playing. You're you right, know, dude. like somebody that can yeah. shred whenever they restrain it and whenever they let it out when it should be let it builds out. Suspense. It builds the suspense. Like, yeah, creates a resolving moment where you're like, like you wanting, like it almost like teases people. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, I know what that person can do. Like, why isn't he doing it yet? Yeah. And then all of a sudden when it happens, it like makes it even more special. Yeah, you for know? sure. For sure. That's awesome, man. Um, let's see here. Was, was that point resolved? Do you remember? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Cause you asked me about the, the cover, right? Or yeah. That, that was what we yeah, that's what, yeah, that's <laughs> where we started. Okay. Um, so let's see here. So one of the songs, I'm trying to remember which song it is. It might be the, um, uh, the D trap or the prophet, I'm not sure, but it has like some little sound bites in it, and the, talking about the vice president. Oh, and then, that's the intro, dude. The intro, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's like a religious 
aspect of yeah. it, right? Yeah, you heard it, yeah. And so it was like, uh, I was wondering, well, I, all I have written down is the religious slash political undertone okay. to the, I don't know, I don't exactly, <laughs> that's all I got written down, Yeah, you know? But so where did you get those those uh, sound bites from? Or So uh, basically, uh, well, it's really hard to like sample legally, but like, which doesn't always matter, like, for people like me that, like, aren't, like, super famous, you know? Because, like, once you get super famous, that's when it really matters. Because if you're making a lot of money off of it, that's when people want, like, hey, that's, you know, that's not yours. Mm-hmm. So give me money. But, like, in this situation, I, I'm subscribed to some uh, different archives of just sample bases that, like, what you're paying for these samples so they're, like, legally you can use them oh nice you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i just like it's crazy with that song because i had already set up the day that i like actually set up the release i had the whole album done and then i just like had this like spur of the moment idea of creating this like soundscape type intro to the whole thing that like was i, I just like it was weird because like i didn't re- i kind of just like had this idea of like of uh, getting like a sermon or like a preacher like going off about something you know and like having that as kind of just like a layer of like, I, it just makes you think about like what you're about to experience, you know? Like I'm not a super religious person, but like I just feel like sometimes they say some pretty like, like even if you're not a religious person, you can take some things from what somebody like, if they're saying the right things about religion, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have some really valid points and good points and good morals and stuff. But really it's like uh, the whole politics and religion thing is kind of just like, not really even something that like I try to use that much in my music, you know, because I don't want it to be like I don't want to be like another typical person that like is just like talking about how everything's fucked up right now and like you know all the bad things about everything. Instead, I'm trying to like tell stories and like a lot of like my songwriting is actually built off of fantasy rather than actual experiences. Mm. So like like. I get super inspired by, like, the nerdiest shit to make a song. Like, seriously, like, whenever I left, seeing Star Wars Episode Seven was, like, one of the most inspired moments I've ever had to go play the guitar for some reason. I don't know what it was, but, like, those those kind of, like, fantasies, like, make me feel like I can be a hero in, like, a real-life scenario doing, like, the things that I love, you know? And, like, not be a hero to, like, the whole world, but be a hero to, like, the people that actually, you know, count in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. But, so with that, I just, I just wanted to uh, basically create something that was like very you know it was really inspired by kind of Kendrick Lamar's style of beats that intro and like how like he always is like like using like religious and political things but like not always necessarily talking about that like he's just kind of like here's a little bit to make you think you know mm-hmm. but like it's not like the whole song's not going to pertain to that in every situation but although that being said he is super political with a lot of his stuff yeah but so since mine doesn't have any lyrics, I was like, I thought I'd throw a little spice in there. Yeah, I thought it was cool. It was, it definitely does. Uh, it it was one of those things which I have kind of a little bit of an analytical mind. Yeah. So like I instantly was like, All right, where are we going? Where yeah. are we going? You know, like yeah. not not in a not in like a. It was just kind of like an interesting. Yeah. And because I I heard it almost sounds like uh, maybe John F Kennedy. It is John F Kennedy actually. Yeah, he's like the vice president's speech. Yeah, and then uh, so I was just kind of like it was just interesting. It was like a an interesting setup for sure. And I I chose John F Kennedy just because he's like my all time like I was obsessed with John F Kennedy for some reason whenever I was younger like his Mm -hmm. history and his story and the whole Kennedy family 
And I, like, just the fact, I, I feel like John F. Kennedy was uh, one of the last, like, genuine presidents of the United States of America mm. that was just totally genuine to himself and, like, actually the greater good of America. Mm. Rather than, like, you know, because right after that, everything went to hell, basically, and then just kept, kept getting worse. But, so, like, I just kind of, and that's also part of, like, the religious part behind it, too, you know, is, like, I just, basically, it's hard to explain. I was, I'm just really inspired by those, like, aspects of the world we live in right now. By, like, how, like, uh, you know, like, things... It's weird, because I feel like we're in the greatest time ever, but at the same time, we have all these new problems that, like, need to be handled, you know? And that's kind of what I feel like the whole album kind of represents, is, like, just this balance between good and evil well, and, and it, light it's and dark. And, it, the, uh, an aspect of it that's super interesting, I had this discussion with my mother-in-law at one point, Cause she was saying it's getting more dangerous. Yeah. Don't let your kids out. Don't don't let yeah. don't go. You know it's dangerous. Yeah. Everything's dangerous. And then Steven Pinker has an argument. Do you know who Steven Pinker is? No. He's a he's a linguist, but he's also like a professor at Stanford. And yeah. He does all, um, he has all this different stuff where he talks about how it's getting it's the safest time right now to ever be alive. Yeah. It's the safest time statistically in every. Uh, measure of life yeah. it's, it's the best time literally the safest time to be alive yeah. but then we have this contradiction of feelings where it's like no I could get blown up by a terrorist yeah, I could die exactly. I could die in a mass shooting yeah. I could die in all these you have yeah. all of these different things that you could that you could die in yeah. but he's saying statistically that is false right but yeah. the internet for all of the amazing great things that it's provided us it's also provided us with a lens to see every bad thing that happens yeah. in the country yeah on a local level yeah so instead of it being um hey somebody got shot in new york uh or five people got shot in new york and yeah. it being a i don't even hear about it because it's not yeah. my local news you start hearing about it and it's like yeah. shit i gotta i'm gonna get shot you know yeah, or like exactly. i'm gonna, you know it's like a, it's so strange. It is like a, it's hard to, it's hard to digest if, uh, and meanwhile, you're most likely going to die in a car wreck. Yeah, true. But nobody worries about that shit. Yeah, I know. Nobody's scared about it. Yeah. You know, nobody, shit, actually we text and drive. Yeah. Actually dude. we drink and drive. Yeah. Actually we uh, are messing with the kid in the back seat while yeah. we're going 40 or you know driving down the highway it's crazy like it's a uh, it's interesting how like we can overlook the biggest danger and focus on something that maybe isn't as dangerous yeah but, for sure i mean yeah, i, I feel I like know. there's been you know there's been crazy people all throughout history that do like crazy shit to other humans for no good reason it's just like now we live in a time period, like you said, where like that is highlighted. Mm -hmm. Like we actually know about it rather than it's still, I mean, it was always happening, you know? It's just like, I don't think people are getting crazier. I just think that we have more access. It's getting like a data. light shown on it a little yeah. bit quicker, a little and bit. Also, you know, like, it's just a good thing. I don't know if you've ever read like 1984. Oh, yeah. But like, that book always it fucked me up real bad. Though. I shouldn't have read it, <laughs> honestly, because it makes me think way too hard about dumb stuff like that. Like, I, like, you know, they talk about how like, that they basically promote fear to keep people in their grasp, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like kind of weird to me how nowadays fear is promoted so strongly, and like the people that are afraid of it are usually like people that are like you know Trump supporters. Which if you're a Trump supporter, I'm not trying to offend you, but 
Yeah. I voted Gary Johnson as terrible of a, uh, you know, I mean, I knew he didn't have a chance of winning. Yeah. But couldn't bring myself to vote either either yeah. party in that. Uh, that was a weird one, for yeah, sure. In that election, it was just which granted, I think I voted Libertarian every time. Every time I could yeah. vote, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's strange because, and even to like, it's strange when to define somebody as a supporter. You know, yeah. because it's like, I mean, I know for like a lot of people say that the reason Trump won was because of the Bernie Sanders supporters yeah. that didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. So they voted for Trump. Yeah. So now you have somebody who people would say, oh, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. Well, are they now a Trump supporter because they voted for Trump? Yeah, instead exactly. of, You know, I mean, That's it's weird. like you get into these like really weird labeling scenarios yeah. where it's like. I, I think it's a media ploy yeah. to try to get clicks, to try to get uh, Fox News and CNN. Yeah. They both benefit yeah. from people saying, you are this or you are that, yeah. right? Because then they get more views based off of that. So it's yeah. almost like a promotion of something that I don't, I don't know of anybody in the country who actually would sit down and agree with Donald Trump on every fact or every yeah. this or every that. You know, I mean, he was a Democrat. Yeah. Forever, he he gave money to the Clintons. Yeah. He, he was a he was a Democrat up until he ran as a Republican. Yeah. Which is kind of a crazy thing. It's like, all crazy. You know, I mean, dude. it's all it's like it's all so, of politics is just so insane. These and days. like, how do you even keep up with it? For real. That's the hard thing is because then it comes out afterwards that. Russia was literally playing with Facebook to yeah. show you what you like. It was showing you information to push you further in whichever direction you were going. Yeah. They weren't even necessarily trying to convince people of Trump or convince people of Hillary. Yeah. They were just saying, if you're Hillary, we're going to push you further Hillary. If you're Trump, we're going to push you further Trump. Yeah. That's all the information that we were getting. It's crazy, weird, man. That's why I just like, for the most part, stay out of politics with people. And, like, like on a day-to-day basis, it's, like, one of the last of my worries just because, like, there's not much that I can do other than, like, you know, throw my vote in. But that being said, there are a lot of people that, like, are, like, at the same place in life as me that are super in, into politics and I totally support what they're doing because that is, like, their goal. They want to change the world in that way. Whereas, like, I want to be a part of, like, the community as well, a musician. I thought, I thought you said it. that in a, a beautiful way earlier when you said, I want to be a hero to the people that I matter to. Like, yeah. the people that are in my life. The people that I can directly affect, you know? Exactly. If you want to feed people, don't vote about it. Yeah. Go feed people. Exactly. You know, if you want to, if you want to help people, then help people. Exactly. Like, it's almost this... Uh, this weird mindset whenever and they they want us to be in whoever they are yeah air quotes want us to be in this mindset of well let me vote for it i'll vote for it yeah no no your vote matters vote be engaged but actually do yeah don't vote do you know it's like if you want to help people help people you know yeah and i don't know it it is just it's a super interesting weird it's like a, a lot of people like even on the immigration stuff. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like, okay, do you know an immigrant? Yeah. What do the immigrants say? Exactly. Because that's what makes me... Uh, if you heard of the Refugee Language Project? No, actually. You should check it out. It's yeah. pretty cool. But they, um, 
this linguist here in town. Uh, his name's Ryan Pennington, Doctor Ryan Pennington. Yeah. But he uh, he's helping working with the refugees, start a program to where refugees can practice speaking because that's oh, the well. biggest problem. Yeah. You don't, you don't learn English by looking at a book. Yeah. You learn English by having a conversation yeah. with somebody and just talking and engaging and. So he's great. It's a great program. Yeah, Refugee cool. Language Project has a bunch of different stuff. But when you go, you can actually sit with a refugee, actually sit with an immigrant, and say, what is your problem? Like, yeah. what what is the biggest issues that you face? And and there are a shit ton of issues that they face. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. even getting their citizenship and all yeah. of these different things, there's a lot of problems with our government. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just... It's just one of those things, like, it's nice whenever to ground the issue yeah. in an actual person. Exactly. To, you know, to That's why that. I support people that, like, that is their, like, goal. I support anybody that has a goal in general, you know? Mm. Like, I mean, like, unless they're, like, a psycho or something, yeah. or a goal, something crazy. But, like, people that, like, aspire to do good things and, like, actually do what it takes to execute it. Like, even if I, I can't get behind exactly what you're doing, like, I support you for doing that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes, like, a lot to actually act upon an idea, like, to bring an idea to life. Like, it's a lot. Like, you know, like, usually if there's, like, a mustering phase where, like, you go, like, a month of just, like, thinking about this idea, you know? And you're like, well, what if this goes wrong? Or what if this happens? Like, should I even do this? And then, like, eventually that idea gets brought to life. And, like, I can definitely get behind, like, Anybody in bringing their ideas to life, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I like I like that a lot about, especially Amarillo, Texas, is like, I feel like there's a lot of people here that are like doing what they want to do, you know? It, it's like a, it builds that momentum. Exactly. And like that, like that's how, that's what I felt with uh, some of the stuff that I've done is I dream about it, I think about it, and I plot it, and then I'm like, Sometimes I talk my mind out myself yeah. out of it because I'm like, I'm not going to be successful at that. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling myself what I think other people yeah. are gonna think yeah, you yeah. know and you can't know what other people exactly. are gonna think until they think it themselves yeah, you know exactly um, yeah that's an interesting thing and and like you said I mean that's what I think is so cool about seeing uh, your band Late Dads yeah how do you say it Leon 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 yeah um, it's an acronym for something ridiculous but I can't remember what it is yeah I remember it's inappropriate though yeah but. that's funny and then um well, The Art of Seven. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. What is his name? Topher. Topher. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just seeing seeing art pop up. Dude, and like, that's awesome. that's what I love seeing in my Instagram feed. Yeah. Is I Same. love seeing all these people that are doing, a, you know, they're contributing. They are. Yeah. And it's like, what is the point? Yeah. There doesn't necessarily have to be a point. Exactly. Is it pretty? Is it inspiring? Is it cool? Yeah. Are they feeling it? Like, yeah. it's. Yeah, you're right, man. That is. That's something that uh, it inspires me anytime I see something like that. Yeah. Um, it inspires me to take that next step, whatever yeah. that. Exactly. Who knows what that next step is? You it's know? like I mean, like we probably wouldn't have like been so like encouraged to do like this tour because you know this tour is completely DIY. Like we set up the whole thing. We're doing all. We've done all the booking ourselves. We bought this bus. We're building this bus into a living space ourselves. Like. We just got done insulating the whole floor, and so now it's building from here, which is cool because that's really going to be the easy part here. And we only have like eight weeks left, so. But no matter what, we're going. So like, even if like we all have to end up sleeping on mats on the floor, like we're still going, you know. But, like, 
it's just kind of like, like I said, just the act of actually doing it. And like, we wouldn't have had that push if it wasn't for meeting the band Whole Milk. I don't know if you remember them coming yeah, through. Yeah. But uh, I was just like, they were, they're super cool. And like, now, like, me and Alec from Whole Milk will like text each other every once in a while just because, like, anytime he comes to Amarillo, like, they park their van outside of our jam room and just sleep out there. Nice. And like, we'll hang out with them and stuff. They're awesome guys. But they like really showed me the light that you could do it yourself. Because they're, they're like, DIY musicians completely. Like, they're completely independent. They've been touring for, like, the past two years. Now they don't even have a real job. They just, like, live off of touring. Nice. And, like, they kind of just, like, straight us in the right path. They're like, you know, like, you can do that yourself. Check out these things and contact these people. And they give us lists of people to contact. And, like, it just really helped kickstart something, like, that I am really excited about now. Like, it's going to be probably, hopefully, well... Actually, not hopefully, because I hope I experience even cooler things, which will probably be the coolest thing I ever experienced, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You'll definitely remember it for the rest of your life. I exactly. Mean, uh, and it's like, not necessarily put it in dualistic terms as win or lose. Yeah, but exactly. But it is. Win or lose, you're going to remember for yeah. the rest of your life. I mean, like looking back on trips I've taken or experiences I've had, if in the moment, sometimes the moments that are the worst in the moment that you feel like the biggest failure, that things feel like they're all going wrong, yeah, ends up being the yeah. most significant, yeah, meaningful. Like, because that's usually why you like. That's probably usually those failures are what lead you to doing the great thing. You mm -hmm. know, like if you choose to keep on like pushing through it. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, you can't lose. Yeah. It just depends on where you define your finish line. Yeah, you know? exactly. The race isn't over exactly. until you decide that you're at the finish line, you know? Yeah. So, well, cool, man. Um, let's see here. I got a couple other questions, but we are at an hour 40. Wow. So, yeah, it goes by quickly. Wow. You know? A lot yeah, faster crazy. than you uh, expect. But, so... I'll ask, so this is one question I've been asking each of my guests is like, how do you define success? And now it can be specific to music, it can be life, it can be spiritual, whatever you think, you know, but like, yeah. how do you define success? So like, I don't really feel like, I feel like success is not something, in my opinion, like, I'm not really worried about like an overall success right now. Like for me, I'm, I think like the key to success is winning small battles. You know what I mean? Like, up until, like, you've got enough under your belt to where you're like, oh, yeah, I've been successful mm. in these past years or whatever. But, like, like for this album, like, the success to me about releasing this album is the fact that I actually personally enjoy every single song on the album. Like, no matter what anybody else says, I really actually like this project. And that's, like, the most successful moment I've felt in my whole mm. entire life. Like, I... Because, like, I've made projects before in the past that, like, like I told you, I look back on and, like, I don't like remembering. But, like, with this, like... The first time I listened to it, like my album all the way through, before I even like uploaded it, at the end of it, I just like couldn't help but, but feel just extremely happy. Nice. And like euphoric and like it was the most success I feel like I've ever felt was whenever this project was done. I was like, this is actually something that like makes me happy and I seriously enjoy, you know? And I, that's where I feel like success falls. It's like whenever you complete that thing that like actually brought you to like a peak of like feeling, you know? successful and happy which I feel like happy and success like go together for sure I switched that question for a little while to like how do you define happiness yeah but I almost felt like that was a too airy of a question yeah. like success is a little bit better and I'm glad that you ended with that spot where it's at the happiness level yeah. you know like that some of my examples I've used in the past was like my little kid we're potty training him yeah. so we were just having him in the backyard naked 
Yeah. And there were these times where he would be peeing on the fence. And I would like look over at him just pissing on the fence. And I'm yeah. like, damn, this is success. You know, yeah. that I can like just look at. Just like watch him and comfortably. I mean, I'm breathing air. Yeah. I'm in exactly. the sun. For like, sure, you know, like, I mean, it's like that's, that's success. That, yeah, exactly. Tied with happiness, you know. I don't think or, it has to be like uh, actual, like obtainable things, like to define success. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like a lot of people face the problem of like, man, I don't have like a bunch of money, or like, you know, I'm not like living out of Amarillo. Like I feel like I'm not successful. You know, and a lot of my friends kind of like feel that too. But like, I have this problem, which is probably good for me and my friends, where like I like am like severely half full glass of wine like my mother always says that like I don't worry enough about things so like I feel like it's a good little it evens it out because you know I just try to always look at things from non-materialistic viewpoint mm. and it's like almost impossible for me to do that like I don't even like I can't even bring myself to care about like yeah materialistic like energies and stuff like that and like having a bunch of money although don't like get me wrong like if I could make a lot of money off of like making my music that'd be awesome because then I could put more into my music you know but for me success is like the small battles of like I actually released finally an album after three years of like making a bunch of music that Ooh. didn't feel like acceptable to me yet you know damn yeah that I mean that's what's crazy is a lot of people don't see that you don't see the the back work you yeah. don't see what goes into it you just exactly. oh okay I see yeah, uh, I'm, I guess your friend's probably with Ugly Chulo. Yeah, um, Chulo. So I saw I saw him that same night. Bad Grammar played, yeah. y'all played, and uh, and then he released his album, and I like listened to it, and I was like, damn, you know, like that's that's a good album. You know, he should yeah. be proud of that album. Yeah. Uh, but then I started trying to imagine, like, what goes into all the back work. Like, how long's that been brewing? Dude, yeah. How long's that I mean, been working? I guarantee that there's probably some verses on that that are probably like, I feel like he's probably even like written verses that are being used now, like that were probably written like two years ago. Because like this, it's kind of similar with me. Like, I kind of feel like a lot of musicians like they, they reach back. Like you, when you do things musically, like it's kind of like it's always there. It's just when is the right moment to like bring it out and use it on something. So, like, a lot of these songs and, like, guitar riffs, it's, like, I've just been waiting for the perfect, like, whenever everything else around it was, like, at where it needed to be for this to be there and it all fit, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm sure there's things on there that may have even been in the works for, like, a year for him. It's just, it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. Like, you know, I, I saw the, all I see is, okay, he put out an album. Cool. Yeah. You know, with you. Oh, okay, he puts out an album. Cool. Yeah. You don't think about the three years that went yeah, exactly. that album. You know? You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's like a, it's an investment type thing that, yeah. you know, no one else, no it's one else knows what you investment. put into it. You know? Yeah. So that, that's super cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by you. I'm inspired by what y'all are doing. I think that the scene in Amarillo, and this is the thing. This is what I. This is my, my feeling about Amarillo is I feel like there's. So, and I have, I've had this like uh, antidote that I, I've said multiple times. I think the best guitarist in Amarillo has never recorded, you know? Yeah. Like nobody's heard of them. Yeah, you're right. They're there. Yeah. There's somebody out there that's playing in the bedroom right now that's shredding circles around like everybody else. You're right. And 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 it's like, it it would be cool to, and I think y'all are doing it. I think you're part of a larger group of musicians in Amarillo that are calling them out. Yeah. You know? 
in not a aggressive way and like, like an hey, invitation. Yeah, like it's this like, can be done. Hey, look, we're doing it. Like yeah. there's there's venues. We got sets going on. We yeah. got we come out, come yeah. out. Like let's start doing this. Let's go. You know, yeah. and it's like a kickstart for Amarillo. Yeah, and it seems like um, well now uh, oh shit, I can't believe it. vamping. Yeah, vamping. you know, like there there's a lot of these there's a lot of bands. And it's what's really cool is that there's no type of music for Amarillo. Yeah. Every single band is uniquely themselves. Like it's a lot of people would maybe say, "Oh, it's probably country." Okay, there's yeah. a lot of country bands in there. I don't know. If all, honestly, people are pretty wrong about that statement nowadays. Like there are a lot of country bands in Amarillo, but there's like not really a lot of country bands that are actually writing their own music in Amarillo. Like that I know of. I know of like maybe two or three, but. To me, what really seems to be exploding in Amarillo is rap music and hip hop, like which is crazy. Like I feel like 10, 10, 20 years ago, like all the punk musicians would have been like they wouldn't have expected it, but I think that they would definitely respect it because, like you know, the style changes like with time, and I think to be a good musician, you have to recognize that and almost kind of work with it, like in your own way, you know. Like I, for at one point in my life, hated hip hop. Like, or just because it was rap. Like, that's the only reason I hated it. It was stupid. It was like, I play guitar, like, I can't get down with this. It's not real music. But now that I've, like, realized that it took me, like, two years to get to the point that I'm at, like, with production. Like, it took a lot of, like, hours that I just put, I put the same amount of time, like, I'm putting the same amount of time into production that I am, like, playing the guitar now, you know? And so, like, I have a different appreciation for those kind of musicians because, like, a lot of people get it wrong. They're like, oh, that's not musical at all. But they don't realize that, like, there, it's not like you're just slapping a bunch of random things together. Like it still has to be in key. There's, it still has to follow like the laws of music if it's gonna be something good, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's gotta be in key. It's gotta be on tempo. The, a lot of producers have to like those sounds that you hear, like the synthesizers and stuff. That's usually like you know someone actually like either programming in, which still takes musical theory. You have to know where each note goes right. and where the chords are, and or they're playing it with their hands. Like so, a lot of people have a wrong idea about producers. Like saying that it's not musical, whatever, it really is one of the hardest things to do. Like I think that's one of the things that rap, in particular, has done the crappiest job about, is presenting themselves as a... as a musical... Yeah. Like, their musical ability. Like, you hear Timberland, you hear Dre's yeah. beats, you hear all this stuff, and it's like, those motherfuckers are music nuts like yeah. they, they it's like it's almost like oh okay yeah they can spit some fat you know yeah. spit some good rhymes or whatever it's like yeah but listen to what they're doing on yeah. the back side like, listen I mean, to what they made here yeah I mean it's it's crazy and it's um, Mick Jenkins I like uh, do you know Mick Jenkins do you know who Mick Jenkins is uh, I don't know no okay um, for he, sure I might recognize. he tours with a live band yeah and so like I think the videos I've seen yeah. playing with a live band. And that's one thing that's always like, I've always been baffled yeah. about with with uh, hip-hop and rap is why not have a live band with Dude, you? Okay, you know? so that's the thing. That's like like actually kind of what another thing that Smooth Taste is leaning more into is almost a hip-hop energy. Like, like we've been at all of the last shows. I mean, almost all the last shows we've played for like the past year, Jordan has rapped on at mm. least one song of ours. And, like, it's just, like, becoming more and more, like, you know, we covered, uh, what is that Eminem song? Oh, My Name Is. Oh. We covered that song one oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. At, at Mariposa, one of, I think it was our first show there. And, like, 
it was just really fun recreating a hip hop beat like with live mm. instruments. We cover uh, "Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe" like pretty frequently, just because like you know like especially in modern hip hop, there's a lot more use of guitar samples oh, and yeah. stuff like that. So like creating that energy is a lot easier now than it is to like create like a Beastie Boys beat like right, with real right. instruments. Yeah. But uh, oh. so like that's kind of what we're trying to get into more. Like when we go on tour, like we're definitely it's gonna be like almost like a uh, like jazz funk like this neo soul type r&b fusion with like a like hint of psychedelia in there you know and if, if like if the crowd's right we're gonna kind of thrash out like if it's like a, we look at a group of people and like these people want some like thrashing you know we're gonna do that yeah because we love doing that too but we're trying to tailor our sound to a more specific energy and, and it's kind of like what you're talking about like having actual live instruments behind a rapper yeah well i love that man and uh I wish I wish more hip hop would do that, you yeah. know. And I know it. I understand uh, one of the reasons that they don't is because, and it, it's amazing to me that y'all are touring with a bus with multiple bands yeah. and all this because it's like the more pieces you add in, the more difficult it is to coordinate. You know? Yeah, for sure. So to me, it does make sense. Hey, I'm a rapper. I'm gonna take my laptop. Yeah. I'm gonna take a mic yeah. and maybe a PA. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going anywhere. It's easy. You know, it's yeah. a lot, uh, the setup and the quick, you yeah. know, it's a lot faster. But, huh, interesting. I don't even know how we got in, got into that topic. But, um, right on, man. Well, uh, do you have a song that you want to close the podcast out with? It can either be from your band or you can play just your favorite song ever or you can, anything. Oh, man. Hmm. You know... I feel like I should promote my music, but I feel like I want to play this jazz song instead. So, oh uh, yeah, I'll tell you. It's a. Uh, I recommend that everybody listens to this song. It's a very intense jazz piece. Oh, maybe, I feel like I should do one of my songs just to help promote it. How about you... how about I'll play one of your songs to lead into? Them, okay, so. sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the song that I want to play is uh, called Shivago, but it's spelled uh, Z-H-I-V-A-G-O. Uh, Wait, say that again, Z-H-I-G-O? I-V. I-V. A-G-O. A-G-O. Yeah, so it's pronounced Shivago. Shivago. But it's uh, by a guy named Kurt Rosenwinkel, which has got to be the most jazz name I've ever heard. Rosenwinkel, man, yeah. that's an amazing name. <laughs> right? But it's got some just like absolutely stellar jazz guitar work in it. Okay, nice. Very beautiful. Right on, man. So. Well, cool, dude. Hour 52. Right on. Blows so, by. Is that it? Is it? Uh, well, that's where we're at. Yeah. And so, and we'll probably call it, call it up. So, you cool with that? Yeah. All right. Before we go, though, I do. Oh, yeah. If anybody's act is uh, going to hear this tonight, are they going to be able to hear it tonight or does it go on like the um, day after? I might get it done tonight. Okay. It just depends on how fast I get it turned around. Well, either way, if they do hear it tomorrow, then, or whatever, don't feel like you need to rush it, but we're playing at Six Car. Also, to you, if you want to come out tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Well, i got to work. Is that Hayden's work? deal? Yeah, we're yeah. playing it for Hayden's thing. Yeah. There's going to be a couple of different acts there. So. Yeah, I was kind of bummed when I heard that, uh, yeah. that that was going down, but yeah, i got to work tomorrow. Uh, uh, so kind of uh kind of sucks but yeah i will uh i can i don't know man i might be able to get it out i'll probably get it out tonight we'll, well see. don't feel like you have to rush it though yeah but well that's do. cool so what are what are some upcoming spots in amarello just real that quick we're playing? that you're so, playing so we're playing six car and uh actually after that we're, we're probably gonna do you can expect to see a uh probably a leftwood show sometime within the next month 
But the only other thing that we have officially booked is uh, our going away show, which even that is still kind of questionable. But I'm pretty. There's they're supposed to be doing a summer thing at Mariposa. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that the other day. It's not necessarily going to be like for our going away, but that's going to be the first show that actually starts our tour. Oh okay, cool. So we're kicking it off in Amarillo, like, and then going. Cool. So um, are y'all playing Bad Magic? No, we're not playing Bad Magic no? actually. Oh, yeah. Dang. No. I know, um, dude. It's really sad, but whatever. Yeah, that is sad. Well, cool. So, uh, yeah, I talked to Gunner about that the other day. He was saying that they were throwing together, like, Amarillo's first, like, multi-day festival is what it sounded like. Is, is it a multi-day it, thing? I, I haven't heard much about it yet, and, except for the fact that it's just going to happen and the times that it's probably going to happen somewhere around, like, June, like, the early June, early to mid-June is whenever it's going to yeah. happen. Okay, cool. We're leaving June. Like, uh, our official show that we have, like, booked... That's not Amarillo first. It's June eighteenth in uh, Phoenix. So if anybody here is listening from Phoenix, from Phoenix, we're playing an art show at the Green Room. I think is what it's called, or the Rhythm Room. That's what it's called. Yeah, okay. Because uh, a, a lot of the names are pretty similar. But y'all yeah, got so, a spot where y'all are posting all your tour dates? Yeah. So it'll all be on Instagram. Um, we're gonna have a, some flyers made up pretty soon. Whenever we get all the last like tour dates officially booked. That it's going to have all of it. Nice. And then we'll have, like, a thing where, like, if you look at our Instagram, it'll have, like, the next three shows, like, in oh. our bio. Oh, that's cool. So, every time we play one, knock it off and put the next one on, you know? Yeah, nice. So. Well, cool, dude. Well, thanks for doing this. For sure. I thanks appreciate for you. Me, and this, so, this is Shivago with a Z by yeah. Kurt Rosenwinkel. Thank you all for listening. And until next time, peace out.